You are now listening to the Fanville Hockey Podcast, your one-stop source for everything NHL. Follow along as the Fanville crew talk about the biggest highlights and stories from the past week in the NHL. It's now time to drop the puck with your host, Tyler Brooks. Hello and welcome to the 39th episode of the Fanville Hockey Podcast. We're off and running on this extremely super-duper warm Sunday morning, to me at least, because I'm glad to be back home. <sighs> Minneapolis was cold, but now it's warm here. It's only like 30, but like it's warm. It's short weather now. Yeah. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Like Tyler said, glad to be home where it's considered warm for us now. Like he said, it was 30 degrees here. Minnesota's in the negatives the whole entire time. So it's almost like summer. Not the whole entire time. It was one. Oh, my bad. Oh, I get fucking pissed off now. I've seen people walk around in coats and like beanies. I'm like, fuck you. Y'all don't know cold. It's not even cold. <laughs> like, I, like on the radio, like, oh, you guys better, better pack up. You know, like, stay bundled up. It's gonna be really cold. It's gonna be 31. It's like, it's fucking nice. That's pretty nice. <laughs> it's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's called perspective. God, how you doing, Dakota? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed. I'm he doing all right. He's doing good. What are you doing, Dakota? Just like you guys, I'm glad to be home and glad to be home, sitting in my own house watching the NHL. House. But uh, the NHL can go ahead and stop with all these postponements. Hey, That'd be nice, Dakota. Whose house is it? Today it's Rams house. <laughs> Today, <laughs> Rams house. Rams house. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Minnesota's fun. Glad to be home. I can see my dog again. Nice. Sweet home. We, we ain't down that far. <laughs> we ain't down that far. All right, so let's get to the NHL news. NHL and 20 of its teams are suing five insurance providers. Yes, that's right. Count them up. One, news. two, three, four, five. What? I said, what positive news to lead up? Just, oh, wait, glad to be home. And the NHL suing five insurance providers. We get that money. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the uh, yeah, 20 of its teams suing five insurance providers. Alleging refused reimbursements up to $1 billion due to COVID-19. The 2022 NHL Winter Classic, we were there, was the most watched game on cable TV all time at 1.4 million viewers. Um, yeah, yeah, regular season game, that's for sure. The NHL unveiled the 2022 Tim Hortons Heritage Classic logo for the outdoor game between Toronto and Buffalo on March 13th at Tim Hortons Field. That's going to be... <laughs> Sold out crowd, I doubt. I doubt. <laughs> Buffalo has announced that they will raise a banner honoring their legendary broadcaster Rick Jarnett on April 1st for Nashville. Dallas Stars defenseman John Klingberg, he's requested a trade out of Dallas. He feels like he's not uh, valued in Dallas, which, you oh. know, I'm one of those who don't value him. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where do you think he's going to go? I don't know. I'll give you a. I'll give you a Jordy Ben for him. No, I didn't say what you're gonna get for him. I said where do you think he's gonna go? I have a feeling. I'm just saying, like he's not that great. The Wild could use some defensemen. He's good, but he's liable. What? The Wild could use some defensemen. Mm -hmm. Right about now. Well, a lot of people could use defensemen, but yeah, he's be able to fit in. A lot lot of people could just use a player. I know where I want him to go. I want him to go to Carolina. Oh. They'd be stacked. I'm not sure they have the money for that. And, well. I know one place he's not going. I know one person who doesn't have the money. San Jose Sharks 
player, <laughs> Evander Kane. So San Jose will be terminating the contract of Evander Kane, and has b- and he's been placed on waivers. The NHL PA announced that it intends to challenge the termination of Kane's contract by filing grievances. So, yeah, he's getting terminated. Damn, that's so subtle. Yeah, he's getting terminated. You are terminated. Has some milestones. Florida Panthers forward and 97-year-old Joe Thornton played his 1700th NHL game. Jesus Christ. He has been in the league since 1997. (laughs) 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 And Columbus Blue Jackets forward Jakub Voracek, he's played in his 1000th NHL game. So congrats to those two oldies. Oldies but goldies. Then we got the non-NHL news. The IIHF feels horrible about canceling the World Juniors, so they are trying to make it right and play the games in the summer after the Olympics. There's only about a 40% chance that it could become reality, which I think I really want them to play in the summer because it sucks that it got canceled mm-hmm. and the way it got canceled. The way they set everything up, too. Like, I've been listening to, like, NHL podcasts and, like, reading reports and stuff. Like, they set them up in a hotel with the general public, and then four players get COVID, and they're like, nope, we gotta shut the whole thing down. It's like, what did you fucking expect to happen? We feel terrible for shutting it down. Didn't you shut... You, you fucking <laughs> are the ones who sabotaged it. You guys see what happened to... Was it the... What team was it on the plane that got kicked off because they were smoking cigarettes? Russia. <laughs> <laughs> smoking cigarettes in the bank. It's pretty funny to me. Just like that, now the Russian government's after <laughs> Yeah, they after the the flight crew for picking them off. Uh-huh. Dude, not the team. They're like, "Hey, you did good." They kicked off the other team too. There's if another they, team on there, and they kicked them off, and they didn't even do anything. If they, you guys, hockey players, get off. <laughs> <laughs> you smell smoke, get off. Uh, so when they restart this, if they do, or do you think they're gonna restart it as a brand new tournament? Brand new, yeah. Or are they gonna it keep has, the they statistics? Better. It has fucking to be. USA still gonna have that forfeit loss to China. Statistic- there's a lot more forfeits against USA, yeah. the, but the there's statistics will stay, but like it'll just basically restart. Like they'll still like the goal totals will still count toward their individual players and all that. The records will add, add on to all time team records. But they just got to restart. I think basically. you'd have to keep it though, because some teams well, upset others. It, like not counting the forfeits, some teams still upset others, and that might not happen. Yeah, their moment. I would say don't do, count the do it again. Do it again. Prove it's not a fluke. No, well that's could not you do that? Point. Just don't count the forfeits. No, he's already counted. It's official. Yeah. Well, then restart it. I don't care what the other teams did. Honestly, I want a full tournament, nonstop. Yeah. Oh. Bring, like, fucking reserve players, like, so you can be prepared for this shit. Because you get a player to get, like, four players on your team get COVID, and you can be like, well, we got to forfeit. Like, like a taxi bring squad? A, bring extra players, like, so you don't have to forfeit. Mm-hmm. Or just do a bubble. Like, the NHL had no problems with the bubble, and the World Juniors last year had oh. no problems with the bubble. Or don't shut down a whole team if one player has it. Can we move it away from Canada? Dude, for the love of God, let's bring it to Lake Placid. Bring it anywhere but Canada, <laughs> Salt Lake City. Let's bring it somewhere in the U.S. that just doesn't ever see. It doesn't hockey. even have to be in the U.S. Florida, Shit, Finland, Florida. Sweden. I don't give a they shit. They see hockey. Oh wait, wait, wait. Arizona. No, they Ooh. don't see good hockey. <laughs> no one would go. Like, we don't like the Coyotes, but hey, since you guys like probably gonna pay, yeah, okay. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, I guess let's move it to notable injuries. Yeah, let's move it. All from one team. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. New Jersey. Ford, Nico Herscher. Hersher. <laughs> Hersher. 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 I knew that too. Nico Hersher. New Jersey forward Nico Hesher has a foot injury. He has no timeline, so we don't know when he's going to be back. No timeline. No timeline. <laughs> New Jersey defenseman Dougie Hamilton's got a broken jaw. Placed on IR. He's got a timeline. He doesn't even have a jaw. Yeah. <laughs> Zidane, last time I checked, Zidane Chara played with a broken jaw, but whatever. <laughs> Not comparing apples to apples. <laughs> Just saying. But it is New Jersey Devils regular season compared to Boston Bruins Cup Finals. But Charles would still play with it. Nah, I don't know. Anyway, New Jersey goalie Jonathan Bernier has hip surgery and he's out and done for the season. He's got a timeline. Got timeline. Timeline. It's like it's like third grade math. It's like okay, we're gonna do a number line. And I don't got one. Gonna <laughs> send it to Tyler for trades now. Gonna send it. Send it. Send it. Full send. All right, trade. One trade. Pittsburgh acquired a forward Alex Nylander from Chicago for forward Sam Lafferty. Blockbuster. <laughs> the trade nobody fucking cares about. I don't know, comedians over here. Blockbuster. That's like, a uh, pretty lopsided trade, though. Yeah, Nylander has a lot more upside than Lafferty. Mm-hmm. We didn't well, Lafferty would be laughing at you whenever he... No offense to Lafferty goals. if he starts to go off. I'm just saying. Well, I don't know. Sometimes changes scenery. We'll do it for some people. We had no signings, but we did have two uh, interesting waivers. We had Riley Nash. He was placed on waivers by Tampa Bay and was claimed by Arizona within a matter of minutes. I feel bad for him. <laughs> He's like, what the, the fuck? Went from the top to the bottom. Yo, I'd rather went to the minor league team. And then Toronto. That is the minor league team of the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> he already did. And uh, Toronto has placed right? Nick Ritchie on waivers as well. Damn, Nick. You know how we think Arizona's bad? Uh, I, I do. I, I know Arizona's bad. How bad do you think their AHL team is? The it's Tucson Roadrunners. Tucson Roadrunners. All right. That's about to be their, their NHL team. Yeah, shit. They probably do better. Let's go into our games that we neglected last week. Yeah, we got to do both of them. We got to oh. review both of them. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. So let's do the review of Quick Six. No, let's do a review of Friendly Wager first, actually. Because we're, we're doing Quick Six. So let's just do a review yeah, of Friendly Wager. Sense. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. All right. So two weeks ago. Uh, a few, some sort of time ago, within the past month, we did friendly wagers, <laughs> and the last one we did, I'll just go over the, everyone's stuff. So my question was: over under six point five players come off COVID protocol list. Correct answer was over, so we all got that. It's really been fluctuating every single day, but it's mostly like negative. So like people are coming off. That's good. And then Evan asked, will Vancouver score over under 21.5 goals in their next six games? Correct answer was under. The only winner was Evan. And Dakota said, over under, Brady Kachuk has 8.5 penalty minutes. Oh, he got zero, so it's under. Dakota was the only one. If I would have made it four and a half, we still I would still have got it. Well, they had like all their games postponed. Yeah. They don't care. They only played one game in the last three weeks. So the records are Evan is five and ten. I Trash. myself, Tyler, I am eight and seven. I have a winning record. And Dakota's ten and five. You guys gotta start trying. Yeah, you're a flip 
Yeah, Evan and Dakota are flip-flopped. Five and ten and ten and five. Mm-hmm. I hope Evan honestly loses everything. I'm slowly crawling back. So third place is Evan. Second <laughs> place is me. <laughs> Very slowly. <laughs> and first place is Dakota. Emphasis on slowly. <laughs> Capitalized. <laughs> All lowercase. <laughs> you ain't even slow. You crawling, bro. All right. And then quick six. My first question was, will the Anaheim Ducks be a top five power play team? Correct answer was yes. No one got that. We all thought they wouldn't be. So I got negative 10. Got him. And then my second question was, will Mark Pissick <laughs> still lead the Buffalo Sabres in plus minus? Correct answer was no. Only one was Evan. Because I'm guaranteeing you, no one is winning in plus minus in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> so for my first question is, will a team with the main color blue still lead the league in points? Correct answer was no. We all got that one. And for my second one is, will the Winnipeg Jets acquire four more points? During their home games in two weeks, correct answer is no. They only got two, but two games were canceled. And the winners of that were myself and Tyler. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Pretty good. My question are, will the Washington Capitals stay in first in the Metro? Correct answer was no. And the only winners was me and Evan. And Brooks lost. So he sucks. Yeah, uh, definitely. Look at your score. Yeah, whatever. I got yeah. fucking. I got. <laughs> yeah. I've been cheated against. I feel like. How? Minus. Well, same playing minus field. Ten points are just so. Same playing aggressive. field. Yeah, we're all on the same. I team. got minus ten. Will the Buffalo Sabers go over five hundred in the next two weeks? We should have known the answer to that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. really did. Apparently, I didn't know. <laughs> I had hope from Buffalo, but hope was squashed like it always is. Correct answer was no. They went two and four, but four games were canceled. The winners were Evan and Tyler. They would have been two and eight. <laughs> What'd I do? Exactly. Two and eight. Huh? Two and eight. Oh. <laughs> so uh, the scoreboard now. Dakota leads at negative seven points. <laughs> Myself. Playing golf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have 18 points and Evan has 23. So Dakota's third. I am second. And Evan's is, is first. So the new questions, we're, go- we're doing quick six for this week. So my first question, will Alberta have a winning record? So there's seven games for the Oilers, five games for the Flames, and that includes one game of a Battle of Alberta. So will those two teams culminate a winning record together? I say yes, because they've had a miserable December. So, yeah. I'm going to say no. I'm going to agree with Tyler. This team's been on a heater. And I think Edmonton has a pretty easy schedule coming up, and Calgary has been getting the goaltending. So I'm going to say they combine for a, a winning record. So for my first one, I have, will L.A. get 150 shots in their next six games? So a big number, but they play six games. We have to think of you know possible postponements. I'm still going to say yeah. If they play Detroit, like how they did in the first period every night. That's tough. Fuck that game. Fucking broke my parlay parlay in half. Twenty seven to one the shots. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say no. One hundred fifty. You know that's averaging like what thirty, a little over, a little less than thirty shots a game. Uh, I feel like one game they're just gonna get not that many. I'm gonna say no too. And then I have well four games get postponed over two weeks. I said no because I'm hopeful and I really hope it don't happen. Well, you're a lunatic because I'm saying yes. Yeah, I'm saying yes too. It's just gonna happen. It's Canada, especially because the Canada one. 
My right. second question, will Toronto blow another multi-goal lead? I'm going to say yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they were up. They, it was 4-1 last night. They lost 5-4 to Colorado. Traumatic. And then Lucic. And then Lucic fucking commented, seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this before. My David. <laughs> <laughs> I had a typo and I had my David. <laughs> uh, I seen him trying to erase it for anybody. I was like, my David. <laughs> my David. So for my second question, Whoa. it is uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl are both tied at 53 points. In two weeks, who will be the, the lead between the two? And the tiebreaker, since there is a possibility of that, is going to go to whoever has more goals, which would be Dreisaitl at the moment. So What if they tie go, in goals? What? What if they tie in yeah. goals? They're not close. Oh, yeah, okay. you never know. So I'm gonna One go, goes on a goal scoring. I'm going to go with McDavid. I'm going Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl. Okay. No hesitation. Okay, let him finish. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Dry sidle. Dry sidle. Leon. What's your second question, Dakota? Will TJ Oshie get four assists? Yeah, I liked your joke earlier about TJ Oshie. He no, said, you didn't. You made fun of it. No, I, I really, really liked it. He was like, TJ Sochi. You didn't like the joke. It was hilarious. I laughed like it was 2014. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Like you're going five times in a shootout and scoring. He wouldn't Damn get right. It's not Olympic rules. I don't even have fucking overtime or any sort of <laughs> shootout <laughs> in my beer league. I hate that. I wish they could do that in the NHL. Just send one fucker out there five oh times. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, would so have one guy, they would have one guy on the team that's just dirty. <laughs> and he only plays the shootout. He just sits just on the bench the rest of the game. Go out there again. You the stay rest. on the ice. Hit just the wait for him to go. Again. Again. Who <laughs> <laughs> me in, coach? Who me in, coach? So what's your question? Oh. <laughs> Will TJ Oshie get four assists? I said yes. I'm, I'm going to say no because he's on COVID protocol, so. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. He's going to have a tear when he comes back. Yeah, Dakota didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like, know that until oh. now. <laughs> I knew about it, but I'm like, yeah, he could still do it. He could, but. All right. Are we doing the... Yeah, we're doing the... uh, Bet the board. Yeah, we gotta do bet the board now. Let's go to the past... From two weeks ago, the bet the board was fucking horrible. Got the big winner, though. Winner chicken dinner. Yeah. So, all the games were postponed. Basically. Damn! From last bet the board. They really were. The only game that wasn't was Tampa Bay versus (laughs) Vegas. And I got that. I said Tampa Bay by three. It was really... Not that, but hey, Tampa Bay won, so I got one point. Yeah, right. they, they, uh, they won by one. So, that bumps me up a bit. Literally, <laughs> he literally has untied himself for second place. Third. So, Evan has 16 points. I have 17. Dakota's 18. So This is kind of close. So, Evan's third. I'm second. Dakota's first. Or closer than I thought. Look at that shit. I'm fucking goaded. You can't stop me. COVID stops all of you, even half of me, but no, I, I still push through. <laughs> yeah, Tyler had, yeah, we all had two. Yeah, that sucks. This The whole point of this was not to do this. You got smacked? Oh, oh I can nice. so, No, no, you hold the cup like always. Oh, so we like always? Yeah, dude. Like I, always. I pick them, dude. I pick them. I remember last time, you were like, why are you going to hold the cup? No, I'm arguing pick, no. always. Any, Just so there's no anyway, excuses when you don't get picked. The new board... 
is easy, medium, hard. Obviously, the same as always. Two for each category. Obviously. Obviously. Montreal versus Boston. Seattle, St. Louis. Winnipeg, Detroit. Carolina, Vancouver. Pittsburgh, L.A. And Anaheim, Minnesota. Nice. How is Montreal versus Boston easy? Like, I know Boston's better, nice, but, like... But this is just all off their records. That rivalry just makes it, like, no. Go ahead. Well, then pick it. I'll pick it. Give me that shit. Me. Damn you. Me. Me. What do you want? <laughs> I think I'm going to take Montreal and Boston. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to pick Boston good. by five. Oh, my God. Only high-scoring games. Only blowouts. That's how they've been recently. No Tyler. Yeah. NHL's been scoring No Tyler, no Tyler, no Tyler. Oh. Tyler. Oh. Damn it. At least you don't get Montreal versus Boston. (laughs) You're a bitch. The game you really wanted. I knew Pittsburgh versus LA. What are you picking, though? I'm going to pick Pittsburgh by three. Maybe you should go on a whole, let's not pick Evan this time. Maybe. Maybe we should do a whole, let's not pick Evan or Dakota. <laughs> I was trying to be a team with you, but whatever. <laughs> we ain't no team. Fuck. Maybe I should stop doing that. It's Evan. Nice. Thanks. I'm going to go with Seattle versus St. Louis. I'm going to say St. Louis by three. I'm going to turn on myself. Maybe you shouldn't pick Dakota for the rest of the time. Sorry, Gareth. I don't pick Speaking myself. in third person. Tyler, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the jinx don't work for me. Carolina, Vancouver. I'm going to say Vancouver for Bruce. Bruce. And Vancouver by, let's just say, how many games have you won with them now? Eight. Eight? I'm going to say Vancouver by nine. Well, that ain't happening. Jesus. No, no we're going to actually do that. Let's no, do no, it's in there. No, no, it's six. <laughs> All right, so two there. games left. We have Winnipeg, Detroit, Anaheim, Minnesota. A medium and a hard. Me. I'm going to pick... What you want, dog? Damn. Last two games are kind of like even teams. Even Steven. Bro, t- take your time. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm You have two to thought. pick from. All right, I'm taking Anaheim. By four. Last one. Winnipeg versus Detroit. Who will it be? Evan. Fuck. Nice. Winnipeg Jets. We all fucking evened out. By, I'll say two. Because Detroit's kind of been playing better here. Did you look at that? He's your cup. Why'd you say it like that? (laughs) (laughs) He's your cup. Why'd you say it like that? Why'd you say it like that? What the dog doing? (laughs) What the dog doing? All right. Now what? We got we so, got one more thing, one more game that we've neglected for a long time now. Yeah, it's been a while since we've played this one, and as of recently, we've had some really good interviews. So. That's the sound of me clapping cheeks in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, it's going to be true. So we're going to bring back the gauntlet, but Woo! instead of doing it with a guest... It's going to be Tyler versus me, and Dakota will inevitably probably lose. Inevitably. But we'll give it a try, and maybe you can root for me as the underdog. Maybe. <laughs> I haven't gone first ever, so Dakota, you leave. Yeah, yeah. I'm plus like 500 odds right now, dude. I'm so Tyler <laughs> will go first. The 3-1 and one Tyler Ooh. will face off against the 1-3 and three Dakota. Ooh, flip flopped. It's like it's like the ten and five Dakota and the five and ten Evan. Except it's three and one Tyler and one and three Dakota because he sucks ass so at trivia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't want to blast 
outside. Well, it's not that cold, according yeah. to you. <laughs> you Remember right. the intro? Bro, get moving. Go and get. I can hear you standing there. <laughs> You're breathing. I ain't hear the stairs. Or the door, or the dog. He's in the dining room. Okay. That fucking cute. We're trying dick. to map it that out. That cute big. <laughs> All right. All right. So he's gonna get a cup and put it to the floor. Just how do? You <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying down there? He's gonna be googling this shit. How do you feel? I feel confident because it's Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So same as always. Yeah, yeah. Five questions. The tiebreaker. Two points are getting it right without options. One point with. And then this time we're actually going to change it up. When Dakota comes down and does his questions, we're actually going to answer them then instead of reading the questions three times because that gets annoying. And I, I'm i yeah. annoyed by it. So I know you guys are annoyed by it. Yeah. All right, so for question one, while Cleveland doesn't currently have an NHL team, that always hasn't been the case. What was their team called? Bro, I almost blurted it up before you even finished the sentence. Like, so it's Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland Bears. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so for question two, how many teams were originally in the NHL when it first formed in 1917? That's a tough one. I think four. Is that your final answer? Yeah. All right. This NHL, wait. This former NHL team shares a name with a current MLB team. What's the MLB team called? I was thinking NBA at first for a second. I was like, basketball, basketball. And then you said MLB again. I'm like, no. So two two teams. In the NHL. Former NHL team shares oh. a name with an MLB team. Former. Okay. I was about to say, there, there is an NBA team, the Kings, mm-hmm. and the Sacramento Kings. MLB. And there's a former NHL team. Mm-hmm. Look. Wow. I don't know my baseball. Always options. Wow. No, I got I got to think now. Um, I was thinking Dolphins. Like, That's fucking football. <laughs> <laughs> and what and what base or NHL team is the Dolphins? That'd be a fucking sick. That'd be a sick. Logo. A sick that'd be a sick team. jersey. It's not even a sick football team. And how do you say their quarter la- quarterback's last name? It's like every letter of the alphabet. Oh, I don't know. We'll ask Dakota when he gets down here. He's our football guy. Rams house? Damn it. You got to hurry up. I know. Always options. You're trying to get that 10 for 10. I know. I am. (laughs) I haven't had one yet. I had a 9 out of 10 one time. Oh, it's pissing me off. A former NHL team. Damn. There would be one hint I'd really give it away, but obviously I can't give hints. I just can't. (laughs) He's beside himself. (laughs) 
All right. I got to do options. Options. You're going to be so mad when I read these two. I know. The Reds, the Pirates, the Red Sox, the Fuck. White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking Pennsylvania. Wow. Throwing your second favorite team under the bus. Well, well, <laughs> Quakers aren't a fucking MLB team, but the no. Pirates are. Yeah. The Pirates. Damn it. No. I, I was thinking, I was like, how far back were you thinking? Were you thinking like expansion era or what? Or mm. like really old NHL? Yes, the it was team. really old NHL. Yeah. Question four. What year did the NHL add the Sabres and the Canucks? 1970. And question five. How many NHL teams, or while many NHL teams packed the house for every single game, which team had the lowest attendance in the 18-19 season? So think building. 2018-19? Or 1918-1919? season. 2018? Yeah. Like 2018? Yeah. Okay. So. Think building. I'll give you that hint. So, I'm give him so who had the lowest attendance? Yeah. Average? Yeah. I would I would assume like Arizona or Florida, but then like, since you're saying that, I think Winnipeg for smallest building. But even then, a packed house in Winnipeg is better than Arizona. I feel, you know. Oh, well, I don't know the numbers on that, but yeah, I could agree with that. Okay, I guess I gotta go options just to. So options are the Islanders, the Kings, the Sharks, or the Ducks. <laughs> Sharks. San Jose. I, right, so for the tie I, I just named three teams that weren't even on the list. Yeah. <laughs> so for the tiebreaker, you're going to go to the nearest, you know, like an even number. Okay. So the Toronto has a history of losing, but how many games have they lost in their history? Regular season. Can I get the wins count? No. Damn. Oh, I looked this up the other, like the other week too. It's like not an even number, but you're gonna. I'm gonna. I have it as the most even number, so it's easier. Sixteen forty-eight. What was it? Sixteen. One six four eight. Okay. God, now I gotta look it up. No, I'm gonna tell you. I wanna know. Go grab him, or text him or something. You text him. You got your phone. No, I'm. I have to do the math on this. His phone's right there. How'd I do? I'll tell you in a minute. I feel okay. That was average. A little bit. Some some are real easy. Some are real hard. I get all of them wrong. I hope. I know for sure I got a few right. How many do you think I'll get right? One. Okay. Thanks for the the very first one. (laughs) Okay, let's go, Evan. All right, you ready? So we're going to do it differently. You weren't down here for this. We're going to do it differently in the fact that we're not going to... Go, go over. through it a third time. So when you answer, I'm going to tell you who got what. Okay. Wow. Well, we're only because it saves us time. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to know. Well, well, then, well, then, like, that kind of puts pressure on him. He's it like, does. I got to answer this. Yeah. Okay, let's go. All right. So, question there. one While Cleveland current or doesn't currently have an NHL team, that wasn't always the case. What is their, what was their team called? The Cleveland what? You, you know Cleveland had a team? 
No. <laughs> oh, oh. I know the fucking Cleveland uh, AHL team. Who are they? Now. Who are they? It's like the Erie Monsters or some shit. Lake Erie Monsters. Yeah. The fuck? So, options? I'm surprised he doesn't know this. Yeah, yeah options. I'm surprised, too. This is one of the easy ones. Yeah. So, Barons, Cupids, Kings, or Cavaliers? Barons? Yeah. So, Tyler guessed, or not guessed, he knew Barons right off the bat. Yeah. So, you guys both got it correct, but the score is 2-1. to one. Okay, well, I'm just glad I got it right, man. You guessed. And it says Cleveland NHL team. Like I almost hit him. I almost threw him the Cavaliers. I'm like, nah, that's 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 trick. It's a trick. Basketball. That's the basketball team. Question two: How many teams were originally in the NHL when it first formed in 1917? Six. The final answer. Yeah. So that is wrong. The correct answer oh. was four. Bro! <laughs> Why the fuck do they call it the original six? Because they came in later. They're, yeah. The Blackhawks and Red Wings came in like the 20s. The Montreal Maroons, their building burned down after like five games. Shut up. Five games? <laughs> they were one and four. The, oh, my God. Who'd they beat? They, they had the very first win in NHL history. Nice. And, and then, that was it. That was it. <laughs> All right, so Tyler's up four to one. Damn. Uh, question three. <laughs> this former – you might get this one, so pay attention. Okay. This, you're going to need it. <laughs> this NHL or this former NHL team shares a name with a current MLB team. What MLB team is it? Fuck, how many teams I have to think of now? I know, right? <laughs> like sixty. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like football and basketball. I was like, fuck no. <laughs> Two points right here on the table for you. God damn. Counting with his fingers. <laughs> I'm going through each division. <laughs> On the NL West now. Are <laughs> <laughs> you on the AL? It's not really. There's got to be an AL team. You can't tell me that, can you? No. I'm only gonna I'm only gonna give you one hint, and it's no. On you didn't give me the five. hint. No, on question five, I did. Oh, you bitch. Okay, give me the one hint. No, no, I'm gonna give you one hint. This whole thing, and it's for oh, question five. Fuck. Can I fucking trade it in? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I need the I need the fucking options. God damn it. We I know. Do that. We should have one hint per thing. Yeah. You wanna do that? That yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. For, for the future, wanna, not right now, because right I didn't get that. Yeah, I'll you do it right You now. got yours. Well, I know, but like, like he can't be like, oh, I want it right now. Okay, I'll give yours for the fifth one. I'll okay. give you the same hint as him. What's the options? Yeah. So the options are Reds, Pirates, Red Sox, or White Sox. You said they had the same name. Yeah. Yeah, what's well, the problem? One of them existed in the NHL. Say it again? Reds, Pirates, Red Sox, White Sox. Dude stumped. What the fuck? I know it's not White Sox or Red Sox. Okay, well then you're down to fifty percent. So it's got to be Reds or. I don't think it's Reds. I think it's Pirates. Is that? Yeah. Your final answer. All right. So that is correct. 
It was the Pittsburgh Pirates, also known as the baseball team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. So both of you guys needed options on that. Both of you guys got one point off of that. So it's five to two now. Question four. So demoralizing. <laughs> <laughs> so demoralizing. Question four. I just need one more point, basically. Yeah. Uh, question four. What year did the NHL add the Sabres and the Canucks? Is <laughs> 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 this question four? Yeah. We're still gonna go. We're gonna go through the rest. Ninety six. Wow. So that's not on our board here, but the correct answer is C. Nineteen seventy was what Tyler said. You're very close. Ninety six. What? Nineteen ninety six. Oh no, I thought you said sixty nine. Never mind. No. Ninety six. Jesus the Buffalo Sabres been in the league that long? Yeah. Jeez. That's Christ. why it's so sad. <laughs> Same <laughs> with the Vancouver. So they just had their 50th anniversaries. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> realization. Oh, my God. <laughs> Give me the next question. The Canucks were in the 1982 like, Cup Final. Yeah. What did he say? 19 what? 96. <laughs> the Sabres were in the 74 Finals. That's why it sounds noise. No, no, yeah, sorry, no, 75, 75, 75. Question five. Okay, question I five. Do. You're going to get a hint on this one. While many NHL teams packed the house for every home game, which team had the lowest attendance in the 2018-19 season? Florida. So, do you want your damn hint? No. Give me the hint. Give me the hint. Yeah, okay. we're giving them the hint. Think about the building that they played. So think about the eighteen nineteen season and who played where. It's not helping me. <laughs> it does. I'm just gonna say Florida. All right, so Florida, that's wrong. The correct answer. How here? Tyler also used the options. The options were Islanders, uh, Kings, Sharks, and Anaheim. The correct answer was the Islanders. So when yeah. they split yeah. time. Yeah, it was, like, it was either Sharks or Islanders. I was like, fuck it, Sharks. But now you said, like, where the building's located. I'm like, oh. I thought you talking about, like, the building itself. Since it was, like, San Jose's a smaller one. No, I wasn't meaning, like, seat capacity. I meant, like, that's what I thought. how That's what I thought Winnipeg at first. So for the tiebreaker, I want you. I want to know what your answer is on this one. The Tor- Toronto has a history of losing, but how many games have they lost in their history? It's too many to count. <laughs> <laughs> so how many losses? Yeah. You gotta think the original six franchise history. Yeah, the original six. We probably had a decent amount. I feel like, oh, I feel like my number is like super. My low now. my number is rounded to the nearest like zero. So four I'll cut that out. Pick a different number. <laughs> is that too high? That's way too low. They've been around for a long, almost like a long ass time. Over, over hundred years. Thousand and six hundred. Right. I say sixteen forty-eight. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, you're close. You gotta pull out the calculator. Well, yeah, because I can't really do this on the top of my head. That <laughs> it was <quick>. close. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like sixteen twenty-five. <laughs> what is it? 
What is it, bro? Wow. Okay. Oh. So so yeah, as Tyler said, he got six. He said sixteen forty-eight. Oh, by the way, Tyler won by landslide. So the record's still flip flop. It's you're now four and one. He's yeah. one and four. Anyway, the <laughs> for the tiebreaker, Tyler said sixteen forty-eight, and Dakota said you know sixteen hundred. The Dakota's difference was twelve hundred, and Tyler's difference was eleven fifty-two. Okay, so Tyler beat you by forty eight. Yeah, it's much worse than I thought. The <laughs> Evan Nessa the second lost, time and I was they've like, they've lost two thousand eight hundred games, and well, then that's ac- it's actually more than that, but I rounded it to the. You said you asked me again. I was like, sixteen hundred is probably pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've actually lost a thousand more than that. Man, you keep just 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 not giving me more crap. Just keep going. All right. So that was the gauntlet, and now we're going to do the interview, and we did this interview last week in Minnesota, Minneapolis. We interviewed Bill Manuel, so here's the interview. On this episode of the Fanville Hockey Podcast, we are recording in Minneapolis, Minnesota on our 2022 Winter Classic trip, and we're joined by Maple Lake, Minnesota native Bill Manuel. Bill is a UW Stout alumni where he got his his degree in business. While at UW Stout, Bill played for the Blue Devils in the MIAC for four years as the team's goaltender. Bill then jumped into coaching, coaching for the Blue Devils for two years after he played for the team prior. He has coached two teams in the Minnesota uh, High School Hockey League, the Monticello Moose for three years and the Buffalo Bison for six years. And we can't forget about his five years coaching with the Orno Youth Hockey League, coaching for the Spartans and the Tigers. Bill has won three championships, the Tigers in 2012, the Spartans in 18, and the Bison in 19. Bill has also had many jobs inside the sport of hockey, he was the associate director of goaltending for Minnesota Hockey for six years, international hockey school's goalie coach and assistant and associate camp director for 25 years, the Carroll Goalie School's goalie coach and associate director for Dave Peterson's goalie slash shooter camp. Thanks for coming on the Fanville Hockey Podcast here on this freezing <laughs> day here <laughs> in Minnesota. The Winter Classic was yesterday. Uh, we survived. So now we've survived two things uh, so far, COVID and the Winter Classic. But uh, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Which one was uh, tougher, COVID or the Winter Classic? <laughs> uh, well, I'll start. At least uh, COVID was warm. Yeah, COVID was warm. <laughs> and it was in my house, so uh, right. it was pretty nice. Uh, the good news of COVID was we got a podcast out of it. So that kind of is half the reason we're here in the first place. But... Uh, I'd say the Winter Classic because uh, I felt my toes during COVID. I couldn't feel my toes during uh, the Winter Classic. Yeah, we get this stretch every uh, every year, this kind of stretch of cold weather, yeah. minus in 
Makes you hardy. It's kind of cool though to experience it though. Like, only time I've ever done anything this cold was like hunting, and then you know that's you're not out there watching a hockey game. Right. Put on toe warmers and I feel like it didn't even help. (laughs) Yeah, the toe warmers stopped once I stepped outside. (laughs) 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 The second I needed my toes warm, the toes warm, the toe warmer stopped. Yeah, it's an experience. It's it's good to have that experience because now when you're telling the stories to your kids. Back in the day, yeah. I went to a hockey game. It they say I'm cold. Below. Like you're not cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah back. You don't we, know what cold. Yeah, is. when we're back home and they're like, "Man, it's freezing outside." You don't have a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I pull up well, the I pull up the ES- ESPN stat of the third coldest North American game. It's like, yeah, I was there. Right. <laughs> you don't know cold. <laughs> yeah, you could be like, my beard was frozen. Yeah. He looked like uh, Jack Frost from that one Christmas movie where <laughs> right. it's all frozen looking. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a different experience. It's it's something to go through that uh, you'll never forget. You'll definitely well, never forget it. Well, a couple of the guys there were were like, uh, well, they're from Minnesota, obviously. They're like, this is Minnesota hockey, like outdoor freezing. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of cool though. Like the the setup was nice. The game went well for one team. Uh, yeah, not ours. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, I liked it. I enjoyed it. That's the town's nice. It's a very clean city. Not a lot of riffraff going on. So, well, this city's beautiful. I I love it. As soon as we got here, just walking around, driving around, you just tell it's it's a really really nice place. I think the funniest thing that happened at the Winter Classic was, I think we were up. Was it four to one, or it's three to one? And the guy behind us has his mittens on. He goes, guess what's behind his Gloves Blues fans? <laughs> got something for you. <laughs> I got something for you. Well, I tell you what, I'd love to have you guys come up in uh, in March for the state high school hockey tournament mm-hmm. because that's something that um, if you think this was cool, the state yeah. tournament is even better. It's, the hockey it's, hair. It's amazing because we, we, you know, I remember when um, – Luke Benker with three goaltending yeah. and uh, and and we had there was a suite right next to us with some guys from Boston. Uh, they were there and they're like, "This isn't cra- This is crazy. It's a high school game and there's eighteen thousand people here. Mm-hmm. You go, this is nuts." And I go, "Yep." And I said, "This is amazing." And you go, "I got to get my buddies that come." And yeah, it's just a great, great experience. So if you it, get the chance to come up in March or uh, any time, do it. It's it's worth it. Is it kind of the same level? Like obviously that tournament or the state championship is well known because of how big it is and the hockey hair and oh, all yeah. that and like is it comparable to like an NHL game like a playoff game or um uh, well when you get into the semifinals it definitely can yeah. be absolutely um, just except it's it's even rowdier because you've got the bands playing mm-hmm. and the student sections and um, it's like. Like I've said before, it's like Texas playoff football yeah. in hockey in Minnesota. I mean, it's just, all, you know, the whole town will be there mm-hmm. back in their teams. And, you know, you, you know, if you go, like Delano was in the tournament where I, I live now, um, I mean, the town is pretty much shut down. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes to the game, you know, to watch them play. And the whole, the whole city gets, you know, backs them. So – being an out-of-stater, how does the tournament work? Is it everybody that plays is in it, and they just file it down you know, to one, obviously? Well, yeah. Or do you have to be the best of your league, and then you get into You have it? playoffs. So each section has a playoff. 
and then you go all the way till you win your section. And then once you win the section, then you go to state. Okay. So each section, there's all different, there's like eight, eight different sections. And the champion of that section goes to the okay. XL Energy Center and gets to play. Okay, so all the actual state tournament games are actually played at right at XL with the water yep. play. Oh, that's kind of cool. I know, like they do the. <clears throat> I know for sure they did like the semifinals and the the championship because sometimes they're on TV, sometimes they're on uh, like NHL Network. will like replay them. Oh, sure. And stuff like that. So like, that's how I see them because obviously I'm not here. So I think it's cool though. It kind of puts. Our high school hockey to shame, or anybody else's high school. Well, it's kind of it's been around forever, so I mean that's it's a model to definitely go after. Yeah. I mean, if you've got if you can do it, um, you know that's the thing is you know not many states can pull off having you know filling a eighteen thousand yeah. seat arena for high school games. So um, it's just it's been around for so long that the heritage and the traditions and I mean as a kid growing up, you want to play in the state tournament. Yeah. You know, and the odds are against you, but you know, you just that's your 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 goal. Yeah, no, it seems cool. Like none of our stuff like the only time that you know, our area has a lot of fans is obviously the NHL games. But uh like we just had the girls uh USA game. Like even stuff like that doesn't really do too well. But which is kinda sad because, I mean it's the Olympic team. You know, like those guys are the ones that are going over to Beijing here in a couple months to, you know, play for gold. And we can't even sell out a, a practice rink for them. Kind of sad, but I mean, up here, you know, they were supposed to they were supposed to play and they got canceled, which kind of sucks because of the COVID thing. But no, it's definitely a hockey town. Like we were at a, a bar that you recommend or recommended, and uh, people just randomly come up to us and they're like, they're like, uh, I'm a Toronto fan. It's like, oh, well, oh. <laughs> 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 we, I. You know, we'll talk to you about how you like. You just kind of really just come up and talk to you about, I guess, randomly. Oh yeah, it's and that's one thing that I've learned um, being in Minnesota. You know, for my real job, I'm in medical sales, and I'll I'll go travel all over, and you know, just about everybody that I go talk to has a kid that's in hockey, or they know someone who's in hockey, or they know someone I know that's in hockey. And I mean, I remember going in with a rep, and and uh, we. She talked to he talked to me about hockey because his son was a goalie and I'm a goalie coach, and we sat and talked hockey ninety percent of the time. We got the deal done, and she's like, "We hardly even talk business," because all you guys did was talk hockey. I go, "Well, sometimes that's what it takes." You that's know? the best seller. But it's a small you know it's a small world in the hockey world, so it's amazing how many people you can run into that know somebody that you played with or coached or something like that. So we'll break into our uh, scripted questions here. Sure. And um, I kind of just want to go back to you, like your roots and very fundamental. And I want—I like to ask this to everyone because it's always interesting to hear the story. But what got you into hockey? Well, I started actually, my mom put me in wrestling and I absolutely hated it. Um, and then she's like, all right, we got to find something for him. So they put me in hockey and I, I took, I really took to it, like you know, like a fish in water, and uh, loved the sport. And uh, I had friends of mine from school that were they were in it, and um, you know everything back then was outdoors. So being outside and, and playing the game, and you know, just it was a lot of fun. So I kind of kind of stuck with it. 
and uh, eventually started playing goalie and and uh, just a good group of people. I mean, the people, you know, hockey people, like professional athletes, for example, you talk to just about anybody and you talk about all the professional athletes and they say the hockey players are NHL players or whatever are, are the most down-to-earth good people. And, uh, and I have to agree with that. I really do. So uh, Minnesota is well known uh, in the hockey world as the state of hockey. From your experiences, what makes Minnesota the state of hockey in your eyes? I would have to say that it's the tradition. It started so long ago. Um, I mean, back in the early 1900s, you know. So it's taken a long time to get where it's at now. So it's built, you know, that tradition and how many rinks we have and how many players we have compared to other states. Um, and obviously the cold, you know, the outdoor rinks where, you know, a lot of other states don't have that option. Um, now everybody skates indoors pretty much, except if you're just going to go play shinny out on the ice. But I'd say the tradition of the sport has been passed down from generation to generation. And uh, that's really what has turned this uh, sport in Minnesota, made it as good as it is. It is. And then also, um, if I if I remember correctly, it's a we have a th like a three to one practice ratio, where every game you have to have three practices to a certain extent. So that d works on development for the players, and it makes a lot of sense. Where a lot of other states, they just play. They spend a lot of money to play, and parents want to watch games, and they play game after game after game. And if you really want your player to be a good hockey player, it's how many touches do they get with the puck. In a game, you might get four, maybe five, um, where in practice you're always touching the puck, you're working on your skills. And I think that's why Minnesota does a better job as far as developing players is that you're continuously working on skills. So out of the 50 states, Minnesota has the most active NHL players from that state uh what like through your eyes the youth high school and college what makes that so different uh that they produce so many pros you just mentioned the the three to one uh, ratio with the practices and uh what are some other things that besides maybe some of the temperatures and the rink numbers kind of gets uh a lot of pros from this area well, I, I mean, overall numbers, I mean, it's a numbers game. Obviously, we probably have more number of hockey players per capita than any other state. And um, hockey in Minnesota is kind of like a religion. So um, when you have that many players um, and, you, and when you see players coming from your area playing in the NHL, that drives kids to say, hey, you know what? I know so-and-so. Maybe I can do this where if you're from a southern state and they really don't know anybody from their area, you know, it's like if you see it, you can achieve it, you know, believe it, that whole thing. Um, in Minnesota, you can go to just about every rink uh, and on their high school, you know, billboards, they show all the Division three, Division one hockey players, all the NHL players that came from the school, and you're going, hey, if, if he can do it, you know, as a kid, maybe, you know, maybe I can do it. And, and like I said, it's a numbers, it's a numbers game. It's like how many pro football players are out of, out of Texas? You know, you're going to probably have a lot because that's, that's the tradition down there. Everybody mm -hmm. plays football up here. Everybody plays hockey. I mean, they still have basketball and all the other sports, but 
you don't have nearly the the amount of people coming to watch a state basketball or wrestling or you know whatever it is, but state hockey tournament, that is the big draw when you're having eighteen thousand fans watching high school hockey for the championships. So from like some of the more common sports like baseball, soccer, stuff like that, softball. And uh, do you think that there'd be more in this state alone? Do you think there's more hockey players than baseball players? Yes. Or soccer players? I, yeah, I would say there's probably more. You know, and it, it there might be more soccer players, I you know, because I know soccer is growing, or now lacrosse especially. But mm-hmm. um, they're, you know, I guess it's it's focused more, I guess, on, on hockey. I mean, all the other sports, there's tons of athletes. But um, just being the tradition and in Minnesota, that's kind of where it is uh, with the state. I mean, they have, you know, they have a big tournaments for football and, and they have their baseball tournaments at, at where the Twins play uh, at Target Field. And, but they don't have nearly the number of fans and people that come, uh, come to the state tournaments, for, you know, for Minnesota. And um, like I said, there's, there's rank, there are ranks everywhere. I mean, you go to any decent sized city there's there's an indoor rink at least an indoor rink if not an outdoor rink Mm -hmm. and then you've got all the lakes where people you know scrape off the snow and and flood it or like myself and many others have a backyard rink that they put Mm -hmm. up for your kids to skate on so it's just kind of the way it is so you mentioned having uh pros come out of a lot of the the towns and high schools around here one of the pros that actually played here was zach parise what kind of a influence do you think he had on some of the local kids being from Minnesota <coughs> and then actually playing for that team's NHL team? Well, Zach actually played at Shattuck St. Mary's, which is a private school kind of south of uh, the cities. So I don't think a lot of kids got to see him play because he didn't play in the high school league. But there are a lot of like, um, you know, like Neil Broughton, uh, way back, played for the North Stars, played for the 80 Olympics, um, and he played up in Roseau, which is like 10 miles from the Canadian border. Um, you've got uh, Mark Parrish, who was in Bloomington um, and played. But you know, th- those are the kids that really uh, are guys that really, you know, brought brought things up. And then they go play. You know, back in the day, it was you go play for the Gophers. That was a big deal. Now we've got a lot of Division One teams in Minnesota. Um, that keep growing, and actually, they're start uh, South Dakota. I think it's South Dakota State is actually going to start Division One hockey, which is is great because it's expanding the sport. And uh, but yeah, no, I mean honestly, when you see when the kids see there are guys that you know played high school hockey, and they're like, hey, I watched that guy play hockey, high school hockey, and no, oh, I watched him play college hockey, and now he's in the NHL. Guess what? Maybe I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the odds aren't aren't there, but at least you've got the the mentality of hey maybe I can do it too, I mean I know when I was a kid I remember I remember the day I was told my mom I go I'm playing in the NHL I'm gonna play in the NHL and she looked at me and she just laughed and I was like I'm gonna show her well she was right I didn't play in the, in the <laughs> NHL but I did get to play college hockey and um, you know that was great but that gave me the the drive. So you mentioned uh, Rozo was the town I heard that that was like the hockey. That's one of the hockey. I mean, that's if you want to if you want a hockey town, either War Road or Roseau. I would say those are the two towns because they're right up by the Canadian border. Um, 
Roseau is a town of, I think, under 2,000 people, and they have three rinks, indoor rinks. And the one rink is open 24-7. They don't lock the door, and you can go skate anytime you want. And that's why – and they play – there's an A level and a double A level for high school hockey, and they won't play in the A level, even though they're smaller than just about every town in the state. But they produce hockey – Great hockey players. Um, uh, was it Dustin Bufflin? Um, uh, Oshi played in War, War Road. Um, you get a lot of guys that ended up playing uh, playing pro hockey out of there. And um, but they won't play the division or the A division. If they did, they'd probably win. You know, they'd probably have you know fifteen state championships under their belt. But they're saying, you know what, we're good enough. We're going to do it. And they've won a few state championships at the AA level. When you're playing a team that has, you know, let's say Wyzetta has over 600 kids in their youth program and Roseau has maybe a couple, maybe 100, 200 kids, uh, it's pretty crazy. But uh, the tradition there is, is so deep and so rich that it's, it's pretty amazing. Well, I'll tell you what, that 24-hour rink sounds pretty nice because the prices – of ice around us. <laughs> oh yeah, your your ice time is Ridiculous. much more expensive than than it is here. Absolutely, that would never just because we have so many rinks. Well, we do a lot, and this is what grinds people's gears around us: is they do uh, instruction like for practice on the ice and say, "Well, you know, if you do that four or five times, you know, it's five ten minutes you spent. That's a blank amount of dollars if you, you know divvy it up for each minute. It's like." Like sometimes you might just want to just do it in the locker room because, like you know, it's you know it's only right. five ten minutes. But by the time the season's done, that might be two three ice times. Right, and that's where um, a good coach will go over this, you know, the practice plan, or they'll send it out to the players ahead of time so they have an idea of what they're going to do. Um, the days of the old school where you you do everything out on the ice uh, is. It's not going to, you may only have, you know, if you're going to describe a drill, you might have 30 seconds to a minute and then let's get going. Cause you're, if you're waste if you're doing all the talking, number one, you have about the, the attention span of kids nowadays are probably about 30 seconds to maybe a minute. And if you go longer than that, they zone out and you're wasting ice time because yeah. ice time is just too expensive. Mm-hmm. Like up here, my son plays Banamé and I think it was, it, you know, the fee to play was about a little over $2,000, which isn't bad, you know, for at that level and how much they, I mean, they're on the ice six days a week, but, um, but I know it gets, it, it can get really expensive in other States. Ours is kind of around the two number, but, uh, like we have two teams and they kind of do go easy on like the high school teams, because most of them are not school funded. They're a yeah, club, high school. But not yeah, a high school's different. Um, you just pay your, you know, three hundred dollar fee for high school, mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, and then they have a booster club. Uh, the high school will have a booster club that involves the parents, and they'll raise extra money for, you know, certain things, whether it's meals before or after the game or the bus or you know some things like that. School pay for majority of it but then they will also have a booster club but the <laughs> i don't know if they do it down there but i know in, in minnesota they uh the youth hockey like the 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 little guys their first year 
it's like uh, they're like drug dealers because it's free. Mm-hmm. First year's yeah, free. Stuff like that, yeah. And then they get sucked in, and then it's like, oh, no, what did we do? I got, well, going <laughs> off of that, my next question kind of goes with that. Uh, the St. Louis Blues are really good with, like, their learn-to-play stuff. Sure. So, like, they give you the gear, like how you said, for free. They give you the gear. They put you on a team for the first year for free. They get you hooked on it like cocaine. And then, you know, you know, you get stuck with it and you, you know, keep playing and keep playing. But uh, going off of that, uh, one of the cool things that the Minnesota Wild do in their arena is they hang all their high school, uh, the jerseys up in the in the front lobby at XL Energy Center. Uh, how are the Wild with uh, stuff like that? Yeah, that's one, one neat thing at the XL is they have every high school hockey jersey um, up when you walk in, in the arena. And, uh, you know, that – as a you know, as soon as you go there, it's like the first time when they open it up, you're like, okay, where's our jersey? Where's our jersey? Oh, there's our jersey. That's pretty cool. And uh, they also do a lot with the youth programs as well. Um, for example, they did a uh, a hockey night in in Delano where I live, and they you know they said, well, what team do you want to do it for? And we're like, you know, we don't want to do it for the high school or the Bantam. We want to do it for the younger kids because they're they're gonna get, you're gonna get a kick out of it. So it was like a 12U team. They had no idea it was happening. They had uh, the wild mascot. They had the announcer for the wild. They had um, two of the assistant coaches for the wild on the benches. And these girls, for some reason, the parents got a like a coach bus to drive them into the game. They didn't tell them what was going on, but they thought, hey, you know what? We're going to make you feel like a, like a college team or mm-hmm. whatever. So they're thinking, oh, wow, this is really cool. They pull up, and the place is packed there's probably 2,000 fans in this little rink and they walk in through a you know a row of all these people and we're cheering them on and they're just like what is going on this is amazing and then the wild announcer announces them all and he's doing the goals and and the whole nine yards and having the wild coaches on the bench and and they do a lot for the community and it's it's really fun to see and it's good for them too because uh, it helps hockey all over the state. Yeah, it grows it. I mean, obviously they already know about it if they're there, but I mean, right. you, know, you never know. Things like that might get somebody who is kind of on the edge of, you know, wanting to play or coach or, you know, anything in, involved in the sport. That might, you know, get them over the edge talking to somebody, you know, that's Absolutely. with the Wild or has something to do with the Wild or just hockey or USA hockey or whatever. Getting to the coaching side. How do you and your team recover from like a bad call from an official? Um, the way I've always looked at it is your your team is going to feed off feed off the coach. If you if you blow up and start screaming at the ref and make a big deal out of it, then your team is going to react the same way you do, and then you get mad at them for you know yelling at the ref, and it's like, well, coach, you just were chewing out the ref. So basically, it's like you got to bite your tongue, and especially now with the lack of referees, um, we got to take care of those guys. And a lot of them are young kids. And my gosh, I, you can devastate a young kid as a referee if you uh, if you start you know chewing them out. And if there's a seasoned ref, he doesn't even have to necessarily. The only person he has to talk to is the head coach, if he wants to. So if he doesn't even want to come over and talk to you or she wants to come over and talk to you, they don't have to. So the way I look at it is is I've never seen a ref 
say, you know what? You were right. I'm going to change the call. They're never going to change the call. So you just got to suck it up. Tell the guys or the girls to say, you know what? We all know it was a bad call. We'll, we'll more than likely get it back because the referee knows. I mean, I'll let him know that he made a bad call. I won't, you know, degrade him or her, but I'll let him know. And sure enough, usually they shift the marbles and to the other pocket, and then they'll get a penalty for something too. So you got to just you got to keep your cool, and that way your players stay calm and focus on the game. So uh, as we mentioned before, you've been a part of the international hockey school now for 25 years which is a big-time hockey school. Uh, how did you get into that program, and uh, what made you stick around? Well, my my brother-in-law, John Erickson, started the camp in 87 with just some small camps out of the Fargo-Moorhead area. And then in 88, um, he took it. It used to be prof uh, Canadian professional camp. He bought it and started uh, in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. And we would do, oh gosh, I know at one point we were doing eight weeks during the summer. So as soon as I got out of college, I would go up to Detroit Lakes. We'd set everything up. And uh, and it was just strictly a, you know, a forwards camp. And me being a goaltender, I was like, hey, why don't we have a goalie camp? Why don't he goes, we can never get enough to get a goalie camp. And then all of a sudden, um, a few years later, He's like, well, I got Vladislav Tretiak that played for the Russian Red Army and was is known for one of the best goaltenders ever. Him and Boris Mikhailov, if you watch the miracle, um, he came and did a shooting camp at the same time. So uh, I, you know, started with that as I started as a counselor and a slash coach. Learned a lot from some of the veteran coaches and um, worked with the goalies that were there. And then we got Tretiak to come. And we started our goalie camp. And that actually eventually ended up being kind of our bread and butter. I mean, that's where that camp would fill up like crazy, um, having him there. And then eventually uh, he had to go back or have to stay in Russia. So then we got uh, Stefan Waite, who won two Stanley Cups with the Blackhawks and with Montreal up until last year. So he was in the NHL for like 20 years. Uh, worked with him, and I learned a lot from him as well. So... Um, it was 25 years, and then um, and then the camp kind of ended, and um, it was one of the best experiences of my life. I learned so much about hockey, and was around so many really good coaches, and I think that's what helped me uh, be the coach, whether good or bad. Uh, you know what I am today. So when that all first started. Uh did you guys feel like it was going to kind of blow up to what it did? Because it has gotten around. Like, even down in our area, there's been camps for the International uh, Hockey School. Yeah, it, it at one point in time, it was, you know, not just Minnesota. We did uh, camp in Chicago. We had camps, I think, down in St. Louis. And I think we might have went out east a little bit, but I know we went out west for some small camps. Yeah, it was really growing. It uh, It was a lot of fun. I wish it would have been great to to stay with the camp and do that, but I ended up, you know, graduating from college and and going my 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 way into you know with my business degree. But it always kept me, you know, through the 25 years. I'd take a week off of work, work the goalie Treche camp or Stefan Waite goalie camp, and uh, and do that and always be around. So um, it, I don't. I mean, I wish I wish kids could have that experience. I mean, it was a once-in-a-lifetime type deal, and I learned I learned a lot and have a lot of uh, memories and great stories. 
So, uh, what got you into the crazy world of goaltending? Uh, goaltending. Uh, I still remember to this day, we were, we had an outdoor game. I think it was in Annandale, Minnesota. And the coach, the one goalie that we had didn't want to play goalie. And he went to his son and asked him, he's like, you're going to play goalie today. And he's like, refused adamantly. And then we had another kid that said, Nope, I'm not playing. And then he came to me and said, Bill, we need you to play goalie today. And I was like, I do not want to play goalie. And then they basically said, come on, just one game. I said, fine, I'll play one game. Well, I got a shutout, and I realized I get a patch for it, a shutout patch, a zero club patch, and I thought, this is pretty darn cool. Well, after that, the other goalie didn't want to play anymore, and that's how I ended up being a goaltender. And from then on, I just fell in love with the position and and just kept playing. And how do you get involved, or how did you – get into coaching well I always kind of um even when I was playing I'd see the younger kids at the rink you know being on the outdoor rink and I would help the little guys and I I thought well this is pretty cool I you know it's fun you know and I saw at that early age how much fun it was to watch someone you know when you try to teach them and they get better and it's like wow this is pretty neat and um you know I just kind of did that a little bit here and there when I was playing high school hockey and then all of a sudden my brother-in-law bought this camp and I helped him with some other things before that. And, um, and then I was like, wow, what a great opportunity. So I got, you know, to be with all these really, you know, these college coaches and high school coaches and, and just kind of being around them and learning, you know, learning how to coach. And, uh, that's kind of how I got started. Talking about coaching, what's some pet peeves you have when you're coaching your players? Well, the thing that I think most coaches, um, look for, in a player is coachability. You've got to, you've got the kid, the kid has to be willing to be coached and put the team first. That's, and that's a hard thing, especially nowadays where it's so much about me, 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 and how many goals do you have and that type of thing. Cause there's going to be your goal scorers. There's going to be, you know, the guys who are killing penalties. There's going to be, you know, what's your role on the team? Yeah. Your team's going to have an identity, but, Sometimes you have to realize, you know, like at the high school team I'm coaching, it's like, okay, you know what? You're going to be our best, one of our best penalty killers. Yeah, you're probably not going to be on the power play, but here is your role. You're a lunch pail guy. You're going to go out. You're going to be physical, you know, and that type of thing. And you got to know what your role is. You can't, you can still try to achieve, you know, being on the power play and doing those things. But when you're playing in that game, when the coach asks you to do something, you know, try to be reasonable about it and and be coachable because that's the hardest thing is when you get a kid out there that's won't listen to you and just refuses and thinks they know everything you can have your own identity and you can question things that's okay but if you're fighting the coach all the time then that's that's a problem so goaltending is there's a lot in it of uh it's probably a breakdown of 80 to 20 mental versus physical. Do you find it when you're coaching uh, young goaltenders that do you find it harder to coach them on the physical side to do things or on the mental side? Because, like, you really don't teach them the mental side. It just kind of comes with it. You know, that's the one thing that I've, I did for some reason. I, we had a uh, – this shows how old I am. We had a VHS tape 
on visualization. And I thought I picked up on that way before, you know, it was, you know, popular. And to this day, I, you know, if my goalie, I'm doing a goalie session or any type of session, um, whether it's a forward or a goaltender, I say, close your eyes. And for the next 15 seconds or 30 seconds, just go through the drill or what you want to do. Visualize it, then do it. And a lot of times it makes a big difference. But I said, as a kid, I or even in college, I would visualize every night before I went to bed. I would visualize exactly what, you know, making saves, making saves. And the funny part is, is when I have kids in my camp, whether it's, you know, the elite high school players or even college players, I'll have, you know, 10, 15 kids, and I'll say, all right, next 30 seconds, I'm going to time it. You're going to close your eyes, and you're going to visualize stopping pucks. I go, go. And after 30 seconds, I go, okay, be honest. How many of you got scored on? And I would say probably 50% of them will raise their hand. And, they're, and I go, why did you get scored on? And they're like, I don't know. I, it said, because in your brain, nobody's perfect. And, and that happens. Or I say, out of that 30 seconds, how many times did you drift away? And they all raise their hands. I go, it's hard to stay focused. So I said, here's what you do. You start out with 10-second increments. Then you go to 15. Then you go to 20. Then you go to 30. I said, there's no way you can go just, just start out, you know, and this is four words, whatever, or even in life. Visualize what you want to be, where you, know, where you want to be. Do I want to be uh, a lawyer, a doctor, a successful, whatever you want to be successful in. It's like you've got to visualize where you want to be. And, and you got to fake it till you make it. And that's where I have these guys, like my college guys. I said, go home. When you go to bed, take one minute and do 30 seconds. Take 30 seconds off. Do another 30 seconds. And just visualize yourself being consistent, making saves. And that's the hardest part. Physically, you know, you know kids that, are, that got it and don't have it. And some kids develop later, and they'll get it. Um, that's the easy part. It's the mental part because you'll get goalies that are in practice. They stop everything and they get in the game and they can't, they just lose it. They, they, it's too much pressure or it's too much, uh, you know, they just, they just lose it. So I would say the, the mental side of things, which like you said, 80, 80, 20, um, 80 percent of it is mental. And if they can, you know, if they can get that, that's, that's huge. That's funny you said that about the closing your eyes and imagining thing. I'll literally be walking just anywhere, and I'll, like, do this. And I'm like, club safe. And, but it's like, you know, I just, like, think of it in my head because, you know, right. I, it, like, calms you down, you know, because it's something you like doing. You know, it's one right. of your hobbies. So it's kind of funny that you think of that because, like, I would – I don't sit there and do it on purpose. But, like, you know, like when you're sitting there trying to fall asleep – Oh yeah, you're bored, and you know you're you're faking <laughs> trying to sleep to fall asleep. You right. Know? So it's like you just, your mind wanders, and like most of the time it goes to something you like. I hope you know. Right. So it's like yeah, most of the time I will be thinking about hockey, and then I'll be like, if I had a game or something, then I'm thinking about the game. Right. But I mean, half the time you don't remember. You know? Oh yeah. A year down the road, I'm not gonna remember that game. But it's like you know, I think about it, and you try to learn from it, and it's kind of funny that you mentioned that of yeah, you know, going uh, yeah. to bed and sleeping about it because like I do do that, but no one's told me that i don't think that's just something you think about well that's where you know at first i'd get kids look at me like 
visualization, you know, whatever. And I say, okay, how many of you watch the Winter Olympics? And they all raise their hand. I go, you ever watch like Lindsey Vaughn, the downhill skier? You ever watch those those skiers that do the jump and all the spins? Do you ever watch them before they go down? When they show them up, and they're like, oh, I hear, up comes Lindsey Vaughn. What are they doing? They got their eyes closed, and they're going through the whole course with their eyes shut, and they're visualizing every turn. Or if they're doing all the flips, they're doing a little minor, minor twist and turn. They got their eyes shut, and they're doing everything in their head, and they're visualizing it. I said, if they can do it, you can do it. Yeah. I said, it's not, you know. I said, there is a study done way back when, and this was in that video that I saw way back in the, in the 90s, and they took two, two separate pe- groups of people, one that had back basketball experience and the other half that didn't. And they tested them on their free throw accuracy, and they got their results. Then they said, okay, for the next week, we're going to have you guys with the basketball experience just shoot hoops so much time every day, see how good you get. And we're going to take you, people that don't have the back basketball experience, and we're just going to have you visualize. And you can even do the motion if you want. You're not going to touch a basketball, but all you're going to do is visualize. And the people that that never touched the basketball, their scores increased dramatically over the people that actually shot a basketball every every time. And that's the crazy part, because I remember in practice, if I got scored on my glove hand, I'd go back out, I'd close my eyes, and I would, or even just visualize it. And then the guy would come in again, fire the shot, and I would make, or in a game, and I'd make that save exactly the way I visualized it. And, you know, obviously the mind is, uh, is strong. It's, it's an amazing thing. And if you can tap into that, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, like anything, like those divers that go down hundreds and hundreds of feet, they slow their breathing down and, and their heart, and that's all in their head, and they, they know how to do that. And, uh, you know, just little things like that can make a big difference. No, I'm glad you mentioned the, the thing about getting scored on in practice. You get scored on, like, glove side, let's say, and then you, uh, you know, before the next guy comes, you go out and reenact it, but then in your head you're making the save. Right. <laughs> you know, like around our area, I do see goalies doing that, and I do it sometimes myself of, like, you know, you might get scored on, but it might be one of those things where you were there and, it like, barely right. nicked your glove or something yep. or, like, redirected or something. And you go and you reenact it, and then you're like, I kind of feel better about it now. But yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't change the score. But then you know, like, like for example, skating. Like, I'd say ninety percent of skating is muscle memory. Oh you sure. Because like, I mean, if you're not on the ice for a month or so, I mean, you get back on, you're like, oh my god, I'm Bambi. Like, you're really not that bad. Right. You're not what you were when you were right. on the ice every day. So just th- little things like that, and you know, just. M- how you said visual or you know seeing in your head and then actually doing it and then i could see that helping you in a game because like, i've never actually sat down and thought about that but it is something that i do think of just not the way that you just sure you, you put it you put it yeah no it, it makes it makes a big difference um it really does and uh you know i can see the difference like last year i had a, a senior goaltender his first game in practice he would make saves all the time He'd stop everybody. And his first game, he just got lit up. And I talked to him after, and I, and I talked about, 
guys, and I was like, Levi, this game means nothing. I go, this, in your life, this is just a tiny, mind. in a year from now, you won't even remember this game. I go, just relax, have fun. And we worked on a couple other things too that he started doing and it made all the difference. And then he just let it go. And after that, he was all conference in the best uh, late conference, uh, best league in the state because he just let it go. He just was like, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to play. I'm going to have fun. And I'm not going to worry so much. And that's where a lot of goalies get caught up in the hype of things. Oh, if I don't play this game, I'm never going to play again. And, oh, you know, I'm not going to play with juniors or I'm not going to do this. And, and you know, that's where they got to just kind of, you know, relax a little bit and just let the game come to them. Well, it is a lot of mental stuff because, like you said, you know, goals can kind of rattle people. I mean, it's like one of the only sports that your mistake makes people happy. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you're the away team, you know, like, you know, the home team scores, lights going off, depending on how where you play. You know, lights are going off, people are screaming, you know, goal horn going off. And it's like, I just messed up. And you guys are happy for me, so it's a it's a big mental battle. Oh yeah, for it. Oh no, I one of the greatest stories I had was I we were playing um, a team, and the rink they had, the fans were right up on the glass. Actually, they could l- get over the top of the glass because it was a little bit different back in the day. But they could. I mean, and I didn't play that game. I played the game before. And I was on the bench, and this rink was like this. It was freezing cold. It was up in northern Minnesota. And we were down, I think, by three, four goals. And they're just going after our goaltender, just ripping on him. I can't even say the things that they were saying to him about his mom and by this and that. I mean, it was horrible. And I'm freezing my butt off. And, uh, you know, he ends up, you know, flipping the bird at him. And I'm like, oh, big mistake. And then they start looking on, on the roster, on the program, and they see I'm the backup goalie for that game. So they're like, we want Bill. We, I'm like, oh, no. And I'm just sitting there back in the corner down at the far end from our coach, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. No, please don't. It's a third period. And he looks down. He goes, well, let's give them what they want. And I'm going, and this was back when they would let you go out and they'd shoot pucks. You could shoot pucks on you to warm you up. So any puck that went in, they are just screaming and yelling and going crazy. And the worst part of it was is I ended up going in the game two men short. We're on a two-man deficit, and I'm just going, I've got to play out of my mind here in this third period just to – and I make a save. And I hear one guy go, hey, he's pretty good. And I'm going, <laughs> okay, all right, I got one guy. And then I make another save, and I'm just playing out of my mind, and they're just firing pucks. That team ended up winning the uh, Division Two, I think, national championship that year. And then all of a sudden a couple more people, and a, more, a few more. And then they knew they were going to win the game, and they're chanting, way to go, Bill. Way to go, Bill. And I'm going, I got these guys turned around. I mean, they were calling us some pretty nasty, you know. It's like, stout, stout, you suck. I mean, and they are turned all the way around. So when I get get guys that are, you know, 
they get mad at fans yelling at them. I go, let me tell you a little story about yeah. how I turned them around. Because I wouldn't even look at them. I wouldn't even turn my head. If I did look at them, I'd kind of keep my head straight and just yeah. kind of look over. And I remember this guy had this big fur hat and a big beard. And that he, you know, he was leading the charge, you know. And then, you know, they did win the game. But it just turned them all the way around. And I said, you know, I talked to goalies that get upset, you know, if they let a goal in. I go, okay, let me tell you a story about what happened to me. You can let it really rattle you. Or you can ignore it, you know, and move forward. You may not get the same th- result that happened with me, but at least you know learn how to how to deal with it. I know I kind of went off topic there, but I thought it was a, a story that I just remembered that was kind of fun. No, funny you mentioned that. Uh, were you as a goalie? Were you did you like it more when the team or the uh, fans, mainly of the away fans? They were kind of just kind of going through it, or kind of were going after you because, like, I was always a big fan of like people booing me because it kind of gets you. Oh yeah, going because you're like I, I'm like public enemy number one. Like everyone hates right. me, you know. Right. And obviously everyone knows your name because it's on the you know the, right. the screen or on the back of your jersey and all that. So it's like I, w- I was always a big fan of people you know booing me. And I love like the that. big crowds. If we had a big crowd and they were coming, out, that's like when I hear you know watch the NHL games or college games. They're like, oh, they're coming into this rink and the fans are, I mean, I fed off that. It's like this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, they may cheer in against me, but this is a great crowd yeah. and it's it's a blast. And this is what you know. This is what you remember, whether yeah. you win or not. I mean, I remember we played a game up in North at North Dakota State. And they were the club. They were a club team, but they were they won national championships. I think seven out of the ten years. And I remember we went up there, and and uh, we ended up beating them. And I knew the coach because the coach coached at our hockey camp, and he was recruiting me to come and play. Um, and wanted me to come play there, and I was like, I got to play good. I got to play good. And we ended up winning the game, and. It was a big crowd, and I was like, I still, that's one game I'll never forget because it was like, hey, here's the one time I really had to come up big, and, and we won the game up in North Dakota, and it was so much fun. And, and, you know, those are a few of the things that you remember. Well, you mentioned Luke from Three Goaltending. We had him on, you know, a couple episodes ago. One of the things he always told me was, you know, sometimes your team wins it for you. You might not be having a good game. The team, you know, steps up. You might let in a couple, you know, squeakers or whatever but uh sometimes you have to be there for your team absolutely you have to sometimes sometimes you just have to make the saves that you aren't supposed to make i always tell my goaltender as i said when you get in the net i always would look across at that other goaltender and say to myself i just have to beat him yeah if i beat him if i let or have the least amount you know one less goal scored than he does then we win and you're right. Sometimes you've, you know, I know where I've won, you know, won the game and you feel like, oh, I did not play good. But, you know, they carried me, they got the goals. And then there's games where you stand on your head mm-hmm. and you have, you know, 50 shots and they're not playing well and you save them. Yeah. And it just goes back, kind of back and you forth. You need each other. Yeah. Right. And that's part of, uh, and that's the thing too, is if I tell, you know, all my goaltenders and forwards, I'm sure they would, you know, say the same thing. It's like if if you walk out there and you're scared, you're in the locker room and they can tell you're nervous and scared, I go, they're going to play different in front of you. If you walk in there with a little swagger 
and you're confident and you're like, I, we got this. I got this, boys. Just let's go. Um, or girls, whatever. And you walk in there with some attitude and a little chip on your shoulder, then guess what? They're going to play their normal game. But mm-hmm. if they know you're scared, they're, they know that, oh, geez, this could be a rough game. Mm-hmm. If, if so-and-so doesn't play well in the net, they're going to be hesitant. They're going to play passive, and the whole game can change. So, you know, it starts from inside the net on, on out. Well, I mean, from that perspective of you being scared or nervous for the game, I mean, they, you, they're already winning. Right. Not on the scoreboard. Right. But they're already beating you mentally. Right. you're nervous about it and, you, and you know, it, your mind's on it, but your mind's not really focused on what you're supposed to be doing. Well, and that's where I, you know, talk with my goaltenders. Like, you know, for a while they were teaching goaltenders to be like blocking goalies. Just mm-hmm. get your body in front and block it. And I'm to the, I'm the opposite. I, and now this is coming back. But it's like when you're, you know, the puck's kind of in the corner. They make a quick pass out front. I want you coming out with your hands out active hands ready to react to it that you want the puck you're not just getting out there to block the puck because that's how you're going to get scored on i want and that's where uh, vladislav treciak he said when i played i he's my coach uh uh his first coach said i want you to be like a crab you've got you know a bunch of arms and legs and you're ready to grab anything that comes near you and he would always say, I want you to be like he, the kids. He'd say, come out and be like a tiger, be aggressive and be ready to want that puck where I see a lot of goalies. They just come out and they want to block the puck, just get in the way of the puck. And I know that, you know, now with the shots coming in harder and faster with the technology, with the sticks and that, yeah, that can be at a certain time, but you can still have that same mentality of wanting. It's kind of like a forward or, you know, even a defenseman, if you're always sitting back waiting for something to happen, you're probably not going to get – probably not much is going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. You're just reacting all the time. So you've been coaching high schoolers for a long time, and you know, high school consists of four very different years of development for uh, your players, not only athletically but mentally. Are there certain ways you approach and coach your players differently – based upon age, such as like a freshman compared to a senior? Well, physically, we try to, te- try to treat them all the same. I mean, obviously, from a senior to, you know, whether it's a freshman or a sophomore, they're going to have different physical attributes. But um, we're still going to do the weight training and the on ice, and, and all of that is going to stay the same. But um, like we talked a little bit earlier, I said uh, – you, you know, anyone that says, I, I'm going to treat all my kids the same, you know, I, I, you know, it's like me saying, I love my kids all the same. Well, yeah, I do. But, you know, like they say, when you flip a coin, you already know what side you want it to land on. There's no 50 50. Um, you know, your top players, yeah, you may treat them a little different than your, you know, your, your bottom end players. You're going to all treat them with all respect. But, um, but mentally also, that's one thing I've learned over the years. Some kids, it's, you got to push them. You got to challenge them. You got to get on them a little bit and they'll be like, I'll show you. And then you've got kids where if you push them and you want them to do that, I'll show you, they just crumble and they, they go down and they just kind of hide and they don't want to be a part of it or they quit. 
So you got to know which kid that you're, you got to pump their tires a little bit more and you, and the kid that where you're going to get on them a little bit and get them to, I'll show you. I was the kid where if you got on me, I'll show you, you know, if you pump my tires, that was great too. Cause I remember as a squirt, I had a, uh, a coach that never, he played football. He was an all-star football player at St. John's university in Minnesota and he didn't know squat about hockey. But boy, I tell you what, he pumped my tires up and made me feel like I was the best goaltender in the whole county, you know. And he did that without, you know, making me egotistical, but he made me just feel like, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna help I'm gonna win help win this game every game. And uh, that's kinda how you gotta treat your players as far as that goes. So last night the winter classic. Did you see? Did they show on TV the the kid uh, saying the Herb Brooks speech? No, I didn't. Did they no, they didn't show that. Oh my oh god! There was like so it was like maybe ten. Yeah, he yeah, ten years he, old. I think he was ten. Actually, he was ten. He had a clipboard <laughs> in his hand, and he read the whole entire speech minus the cuss words from the Miracle on Ice. Oh sure, you know, speak, and like he read it, but he wasn't like reading it. Like he kind of knew it, like word for word almost. Sure, and. Uh, they had some people there last night from that team, or that were affiliated with that team, and uh, Miko Koivu. Oh, sure. There, so in the wild, his uh, number's getting retired, and uh, you know, so they had all them out there, and he, he read it, and like, like I'm sitting there, and it's like supposed to pump up the wild fans, and I'm like, I'm so pumped up right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horrible time to do it though, because well, I guess it was a good time to because the Blues at that point they were just that's when the, it was in the second period when they had the five right. goals. And it was like, it was like they need to pump up right now. But like, you know, he was, uh, you know, like smacking the, the microphone with the, the, the clipboard, clipboard and all. And he was getting fired up. It's like I'm oh, fired yeah, up. Yeah, they I, didn't show I that. I there and play. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Uh, Herb Brooks, um, he was a he was a genius on that eighty Olympic team because he, he he got them to all absolutely hate him. But they all work together to hate him. To, yeah, to despise <laughs> in spite of him. You know, I mean, he he knew how to push buttons. Now, you can't you can't coach the same way he yeah. coaches. You know, by I mean, like in the movie where they stuck him on the line after the Norway game and made him do herbies. Our coach tried to do that in college, and luckily, um, his our coach's son was on the team, and we played a game, and we played a good game. We lost three to two. It was a good game. Um, you know, we fought hard, we played well, and he literally, the fans weren't, haven't even left. He's like, get, we shook hands and he goes, get on the line. And he was going to have us do Herbie's and our, and our, uh, son's coach was like, we're not doing this. And we're like, Ooh, Whoa. All right, Todd. And I'm <laughs> gassed from the game. Todd. Todd. Yeah. Todd, and he's Todd. like, get on the line. He goes, we're not doing this. And he fought him. And finally, our coach was like, fine. He goes, I'm out of here. And he left. And we were like, thanks. Thanks, Todd. Thank you so much. Now, <laughs> the next so practice, he skated us pretty bad. He begged, skated us. But, um, but yeah. But, no, the Herb, that Herb Brooks speech. I mean, to this day, every time I hear Al Michaels, you know, do the do you believe in miracles? Or, I mean, I watched part of the game. I watched the, uh, the movie. I mean, honestly, the best is the uh, HBO special that they did with just the players. Uh -huh. And that's when you get there. It was during that time 
and uh, like Micah Ruzioni and and you know and uh, he said yeah the Russian game was awesome and then when we were down I think they were playing Finland for the gold medal and uh, when I mean I still get chills when he talks about it because Herb Brooks he walked he walked out and he said he goes if you don't win this game you'll take it to your effing grave mm-hmm. and then he said he he walked to the door he turned around he said you're effing grave and then he walked out mm-hmm. and he goes and then after that we went out and you know blew him out of the water but he goes yeah he was right he goes if we lose this game everything we did beating the russians and all this stuff just was nothing it didn't really mean anything yeah it yeah. really didn't mean anything but you know as a kid i rem- i was 10 years old and i remember i remember it as you know clear as clear as day when you mentioned uh how herb was really good at uh making everyone hate him the in the movie they did with the scene where the i forgot who it was it was the the blonde the guy with the long blonde hair i'm blanking probably on bill thing. baker but he uh he got hurt he had the knee yep something was wrong with his knee and he was like uh, some some along the lines of he's like it's a long way from the heart or something like that and then he got all fired up at him and he went out there and played oh yeah that uh, i forgot who that was yeah because he had he had a bruise and he's like i can't play and and he got on him, and he came out and played an yeah. outstanding period. Yeah. And yeah, but no, that's the thing that you know, Herb Brooks. You know, he was one of those guys where he didn't take the best. You know, the best, all the best players. He took he picked the right players. The right players, like Mike Ruzioni, he wasn't even close to being one of the the best players in college hockey, but he knew the roles that they played, and by putting them all together. You know, like, uh, you know, Jim Craig was uh, was a good goalie, but his backup was better mm-hmm. as far as, uh, you know, his record and yeah. stats and all that. But he knew that, you know, Jim Craig was going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got on him before it. And, That's crazy. And, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's pretty incredible. He, like, in the movie, they really did this well. He basically knew the team before – the tryouts because oh yeah he only did like the one tryout with him he's like here's your team you know yep yeah he knew who he wanted yeah it worked out yeah it did you mentioned (laughs) uh, if they didn't beat finland it wouldn't have meant anything because it probably wouldn't have because no you know you did all that for kind of nothing right i mean by that time you know u.s and russia were were just in the dog fight well that's just it there was so much more to it than the hockey game like they talk about because with the uh, hostages that were Mm beat that were taken i think it was in I don't know if it was in Iraq or Iran, or um, but they had the hostages. Gas prices were, I remember, I mean, as a kid, the gas prices were sky high. You know, everything was just falling apart here in the United States, and that was one, you know, beacon of hope that, you know, it was a miracle. And just one hockey game, you know, a few hockey games, but, you know, that one big hockey game kind of turned, kind of turned things around, yeah. you know, made everybody feel like, hey, you know, Hey, we can do this. And as corny as it sounds, it was like, hey, if this hockey team, this college hockey team can beat the best team in the world, I think we can figure things out here in the United yeah. States. And uh, I mean, I was only 10 at the time, but but yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty amazing. I mean, I I still remember sitting watching the game on the the big old TV mm-hmm. in my house. So, that was pretty cool. Talking about the Olympic team winning the gold medal, I know you've won a few championships. How special are those to you? Um, I would say they're more. I, 
I mean, the the one that I remember was, and as as sad as it sounds, was when I was a squirt. It was the same time. It was 1980, and I'd you know youth wise, we won a lot of championships, but that one was big for me because it was we were following in the same steps as the 1980 Olympic team, and I still have that little gold medal, and uh, that meant so much. I mean, I remember winning the gold medal. All the guys piling on top of me. I can't breathe. I'm just about, you know, literally dying. And I'm screaming to get off. But on the other hand, I'm so happy. And, you know, that. And then, my like, my daughter, uh, their 12U team uh, uh, made it to the state tournament and won there. That And that was more fulfilling when you are a coach. Mm-hmm. And you see the guy, you know, the, the girls or the guys. Like, my son, he... Um, his peewee team won the state tournament and in Minnesota. That's a big deal. And, uh, they weren't supposed to win it, but they were one of those teams that connected. They had their roles, they played, um, and they won the state tournament. And it was like, you want, whenever you're coaching, you want your kids to have the same experience that you had, you know, you know, at least once, you know, if you go to a tournament to win the tournament. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to win every game. You don't have to win every championship, but to at least have it that one time where they've, they won it, you know? And I, like I said, before I was talking to you guys, I said, I ran into one of my teammates from that squirt tournament way back in 1980, a couple of years ago. And, and we reminisced like it was, you know, just the other day. And he said, you know what? That was one of the best times in my life. He goes, as corny as it sounds, he goes, that was so amazing. Um, you know, we had the St. It was during that, I think in March, and we had the St. Patrick's Day tournament, my or a parade in my hometown because we're the we were the Maple Lake Irish. So the big St. Patrick's Day, and we were carrying a banner and we're walking down the street and we're thinking, you know, hey, we're just like the gold medalists yeah, and you know, championship parade. yeah, championship, <laughs> and They're we got we're, we got our gold medals pinned on us and we're like, yeah, you know, and it was just one of those things. But it's one of those things where it's like. You'll carry that, you know. You'll carry that, you know. Like, uh, like in high school, we won the our uh, the Mississippi Eight uh, section, and for us, that was a big deal. And those guys, I was like, it was in the third period, and I knew we were going to win. I'm like, you know what? We got to make this thing special. So I went to the the grocery store and bought a bunch of the you know the fake champagne bottles, and I stuck them out about eight or 10 of them out on the thing and they were spraying it and they were having a great time and, you know, just having a blast. And, the, you know, even now they come back, you know, after they've graduated and they're like, Oh, that was such a great time. We, that was so much fun. And it's like, you want, you want it more than the kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part of coaching is when you want it more than the kids, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's really hard, you know, but, uh, but when you see them finally you know, like when I saw my son win that state championship, I was like, you're going to, that banner is up in the rank forever. Yep. My daughter's championship. It's like, okay, in Delano, that rank, all right. When I said, when you come here, when you're old and you bring your kids yep. in, you'll say, yeah, we won that when I was yep. a kid. It'll be there forever. And uh, it's just kind of a fun, fun thing that, and it builds confidence for them in life. You know, it's like I said, hockey is not just about going to the NHL. It's about, you know, discipline and, you know, character and, you know, hard work and, uh, you know, and being a better person. That's like Trechiak when I worked with him. He said, 
eh, no one here is probably going to go to the NHL, but I want to make them better people. Hard work, discipline, you know, and better hockey players. So... Uh, as we mentioned before, you were an uh, associate director of goaltending for Minnesota Hockey, and that's a pretty <laughs> – the whole state of Minnesota. But uh, could you explain to listeners, like, kind of what that job consists of? Because that's kind of a big time. Well, it's, it sounds a lot more important than what it is. It's not a paid – it's a volunteer position. Um, Steve Carroll from Carroll Goalie Schools here in Minnesota is, is our head director, and I help him. And we'll do some – uh, many clinics throughout the state during the year. And then our big camp that that him and I do is the uh, the Dave Peterson camp. And that Dave Peterson played in the Olympics, a coach in the Olympics. Um, he was actually my first, the very first goalie camp that I ever went to. I remember uh, in Buffalo, Minnesota, he was there. And I had no idea who he was because I was just a, a, you know, a little peanut. And I remember him having us do somersaults because that's what the Russians did, you know, in our goalie gear. Although back then doing a somersault in your goalie gear is a lot easier than it is now. But um, so basically what I do is I help Steve with that. We have our uh, our uh, Dave Pearson goalie camp and shooting camp. It was used to be just a goalie camp up at St. Cloud State at the National Sports Center, the Herb Brooks National Sports Center. Um, but um, as time went on, Steve was – he said he wanted my opinion, and I was like, we at the international hockey schools, we always had a shooting camp along with it, so we had plenty of shooters. And he's like, you know, that's a good idea. So we incorporated a shooting camp along with the goalie camp. So we've got uh, the top – it's an invite-only camp. Um, we have the top 25 boy shooters, 25 girl shooters, 25 goal boy goalies, and girl goalies. So we've got – 100 kids there, and it's from Thursday through, I think, Sunday. And um, it's a great camp. We get coaches, college coaches, uh, high school coaches from all over the state. And we only let them come for a day or two days max. So they're getting the, – the kids are getting um, different coaches all the time. So it's not the same coaches the whole time. So they get some new perspectives, and that's what we tell them and say, hey, just keep an open mind. If it's something you've never done, you know what? Try it. If it works, keep it in your toolbox. If it doesn't, that's okay. You know, you don't have to use it, but at least try it. And, uh, you know, we and these kids all want to be there because it's, it's an invite camp. They're paying good money for it. And, um, yeah, we do, uh, you know, we've kind of – we've been told – by USA Hockey, the head people, that we've kind of set the gold standard on this camp. And I know they said they'd like to have us kind of help other dist or states do the same thing. And I think they could easily. Yeah, well, now with USA Hockey doing, like, the virtual clinics and all, you don't have to be in person anymore. They still offer that as an option. But, I mean, if uh, I know they do, like, the goalie stuff on there. I mean, if you could get that you know, on there, you know, and get, to get, kind of get like a base layer of it, you know, that would be, I mean, if that's what they're considering the gold standard, I mean, I think that would help out a lot of people, which then turns out to help a lot of goalies. Yeah, and it help, and we've got, um, you know, on the shooting side of it too, um, that helps them as well. So it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a win-win for, for everybody, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, we have a great time with it. Um, a lot of kids. And, you know, 
we've been lucky. Uh, we haven't had any real incidences, you know, because you get that many kids together, you know, you're looking, you know, you're looking for a little bit of trouble. But yeah, we really you know, have some of them know each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, and that's it. That is the difference on, you know, like up here, you don't have the, you know, you have rivalries, but you don't have that. You know, I can't stand those guys or, oh, I want to get, I can't, mm-hmm. I got, because you're playing summer hockey with these guys. Yeah. You're playing in the, the tier one league with these guys. So it's like after every game, no matter how intense it is after the game, you know, they all hang out on the ice for about five minutes talking to each other. And, and in back in my days, like I remember playing against Rockford, I hated those guys. I didn't want to talk to them before the game. I didn't want to talk to them after the game. I couldn't stand them. You know, now I'm friends with them, you mm-hmm. know, if I see them and I'll say hi. But, but yeah, it's, it's a different uh, – and that's good. It's actually a good thing but because, uh, but you know, they skate – everybody skates so much, you know, the, the season never really ends. It's like as soon as you're done with the regular season, you start trying out for Tier 1 or your summer hockey league or whatever, tri- AAA. And, and that's where I've talked to our coach-in-chief – uh, Steve, I can't think of his last name. I apologize. He's uh, the head coach and chief for goaltending for Minnesota hockey. And I, you know, I said, you know what? I said we talk about so much about play other sports, be an athlete. I said we say that, but then on the other hand, we've got high performance hockey, tier one, triple A, and if you don't do those things. You know, and every high school has a uh, high performance. So you're like your high school team. If you're going to play high school, you're a part of the, you know, whether it's like I coach for the Bison, the Bison high school high performance. So four times a week, you're on the ice with your high school team practicing. Plus you're doing the tier one and you're just, it's hockey, hockey, hockey. And it's like, how can they go play baseball or go play lacrosse or, you know, do all these other sports during the summer when there's, you know, if you really want to play high school hockey, you got to do all these other things. Otherwise, you're going to fall behind. Yeah. You know, unless you're one of those athletes that's just an amazing athlete and can do all of them. I mean, I played hockey, baseball, football. I mean, and nowadays, good luck if you can do all three sports, you know, in high school. It's tough. Hockey's slowly become a year-round. Like you only play the games in like the colder months, but with all the new technology, like training-wise and stuff like that, and just more rinks being indoors themselves. I mean, it could be a hundred degrees outside, and you can still, oh yeah, you know, skate. I mean, the ice might not be the best, but you know, you can still go out there and skate. So I think, like how you said, doing the multi-sport things. I mean, it was, it's hard. Like a lot of our guys do lacrosse or baseball and it's like it's hard for them to make it to everything so you almost have to pick one yeah my son finally last year he's like he said dad oh this is the funny part he's like dad i like playing baseball but it takes up so much time during the summer and then between that and and with hockey because i don't have any time to do anything i said okay fine if you don't i mean it hurts because i played two years of college ball and i wanted to see him play mm-hmm. at least high school and uh i said you know what i get it I understand it. Well, then he made the tier one team in the spring or in the summer. So then he had the his goalie training. He had the STP for the high school that he was doing. 
and he made the tier one. So he didn't have any time. He had less time than when he was playing baseball. So I was like, okay, this, <laughs> you know, we wanted to go on a summer vacation and it's like, yeah, we really can't because you got, no you got hockey, you got to be at. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been kind of, it's kind of crazy, especially up here. It's, uh, you know, if you're going to play, you know, at the, at the varsity level in, in high school hockey, you got to do at least, you know, the summer STP with your mm. high school team because your coach is going to be out there and it's like, oh, where's John? How come he's not here? Yeah. Guess he doesn't want, not committed. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. I know what you mean by that. So the next two questions we ask all of our guests, just like how Tyler asked uh, before, how do you get into hockey? This is one that I'd, um, I'm always uh, interested in, and it's like kind of a two-parter. Uh, first one is, what life lessons do you try to teach the kids that you coach? Um, I, I would say with any sport, especially hockey, I, you try to teach them how to handle success and how to handle failure, you know, adversity. Um, everybody's like, well, you know, we, I, I'm going to teach them how to handle a defeat. You know, you're going to get lose. But a lot of times people don't, they don't teach their kids how to deal with success. Um, for example, I'm old school. If you score a goal and you celebrate and it's genuine, that's awesome. If I see you skate along their their bench and do shake the dice and do the bow and arrow and all that crap. I'm, I'm going to bench your butt. All for one goal. I'm going to bunch. I'm going to bench you because it's like, yeah, I'm, if, if it's natural, you know, that's great. Oh. Branson's calling. That's my, you I'll, grab it. Hey, I'll just shut it up. That's my daughter. She can, She's probably like she's like, yeah, hey, I want to go over. over to my boyfriend's house. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to start that one over again? No, you're good. No. Okay, but no, I, I actually, like I said, you want to you want to teach him how to handle defeat and adversity, and you want to teach him how to be a, a graceful winner because you see kids that you know they get up by six goals and they're still going through the line, they're yeah. still cheering. It's like guys. Mm-hmm. You're up by four goals. Yeah. Just go straight to the you – know, like when I was coaching high school, uh, I was the head coach, and if we got up by a bunch of goals, i go, if you score, you go straight right up to the face-off dot. You don't need to celebrate. You don't need to do any of that crap. Just go right up there and wait for the puck to be dropped. Act like you've been there before mm-hmm. and don't you know act like an idiot. Just have a little bit of common sense because you know what? There's someday you're going to be on the other end of it. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you're going to want them doing is, you know, saying smart remarks to you, you know, selling, doing your selly and all this, you know, all this stuff. I said, just be respectful. But hard work, discipline, dealing with success and failure, those are the things that honestly, uh, you know, I, I got out of hockey. I hate to say it, but I probably learned just as much, if not more, from hockey than I did at my at school. Mm-hmm. I mean, school helped me in in obviously the business side of things. Yeah. But when I've had hard times, or you know, I'm not hitting my quota, or you know, whether it's I you know going through a divorce or whatever in life, 
it's taught you how to rebound and how to, you know, as a goaltender, the one thing I've learned as a goaltender is you got to review it, learn from it, and dump it. And that's where I've done that in life where, you know, I can't even remember some of the stuff that's, you know, the bad things that have happened because it's like my goaltending training and I just dump it. I dump it, put it behind me, and I'm always moving forward on that next shot. All right, so my second question that goes along with that, what has the game taught you? Oh, well, like I said before, I mean, obviously discipline. Um, as far as, uh, you know, hard work, that type of, you know, success, failure, how to deal with it. And then on the coaching side, I'd say that it's it's taught me how to relate to players, you know, um, how to handle kids, some kids differently. Some kids will react to, you know, like I said, you get on them, you, you push them, kind of push them hard, firm but fair. And some kids you got to handle with kid gloves and you've got to, you know, to a certain extent. And you've got to, you know, pump their tires a little bit, give them that confidence, and, you can, you know, you can see some amazing things. Um, the other thing it's given me is just – all the relationships, you know, I still think in my head, I'm, you know, in my early thirties, you know, and I'm 52 and it's like, Oh wow. You know, you see these kids that come in with, you know, either with their kids or, you know, like for example, you know, Nick Oliver, who's assistant coach at St. Cloud state. I remember tying his kids at international hockey schools camp when he was just a little, little guy. Um, and, uh, you know, just all the, it's given me so many memories. It's given me so many relationships, uh, friends. Um, and in my regular career, in my sales career, just just to be able to talk hockey with people that I'm meeting to sell medical equipment. You know, I'll sit there and we'll talk. And, you know, sometimes I'll wear, you know, something with the hockey on it. And they're like, oh, you, co- you play, coach? Yep. Oh, yeah, well, my son there and da-da-da. And then you start talking. You go down that road. And it really helps. Uh, it's helped me, especially in Minnesota, um, to build relationships outside of you know just straight out business. You know because everybody you know a lot of them have their own kids and and you know have dealt with some of the same things or they ask questions or you know oh my kid's a goalie and what do I do and this and that and you know you give them. I said I never give um, advice. I give. Oh, now I forgot how I was saying that. Uh, yeah, I was. I don't give advice. I give opinions because I'm not going to give you advice to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you my opinion, and you can take it and do whatever you yeah. want from there. I remember my question. All right. Yeah. So you were talking about you know kids celebrating after they're up like five, six goals or more, uh, and you tell your you know you tell the kids like you know. Simmer down, like don't do that stuff. Don't do the flyby, the bank, and you know, right. celebrate hard. We tell our kids the same thing, except for if it's a kid's first goal. Oh, sure. So if it's like your first goal ever, because yep. we do have some new guys, like celebrate, like we'll go nuts. You know, oh, we'll, yeah. We'll go ape shit. And yep. We'll go crazy. But uh, but then flip side of that, like if you're the goalie and you know it's like 8-1 and they haven't been celebrating the last three or four and they celebrate the next one pretty big, it's like, mm. Oh, I've done that too where I've been <laughs> – on the bench and you know, where we're down by about four or five goals and, and all of a sudden they go crazy. And I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? And then I think, okay, wait a minute. And it's like, 
oh, okay, it's this kid's first goal. Mm-hmm. You know, they want the puck. It's like, yeah. okay, I get it, I get it. Yeah. You got to suck it up, be yeah. a man and or a woman, and just you got to deal with it. Yeah. Well, like you, know? you said, it's both sides. I mean, you'll be on that side. Right. Well, you won't have your first goal, like, twice but like you know what i mean <laughs> right. like, like someone on your team will have that experience. yeah or your first high school goal or yeah. you know something like that so yep absolutely yeah so you actually brought some show and tell items here for us Looks i like did three so would you like to explain what you brought here well i found this I mean, i've kept this picture it's an autograph picture of uh, herb brooks and i uh that summer of after the 1980 olympics and i went to the uh, minnesota hockey schools camp so I brought that along. That's Herb Brooks and myself. Mm-hmm. It was there, and I didn't know it at the time, but it was their very first year of the camp uh, before we had international hockey schools. But he was there, and I thought that was pretty cool. So he signed it, and I know I've got a, a hat, I think, too, but I kept this shows how old I am with the Polaroid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, I have a, a ton of stuff, but I just grabbed a couple little things. Um, I the Vladislav Tretiak's, um The Legend, his book on his life. Mm-hmm. And it's got some pictures in it. And then um, this was back in 1994. It's actually the year I, I graduated. It said, to Bill, thank you for helping me. You a good coach, Vladislav Tretiak. <laughs> <laughs> so English a little rough. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he wrote that. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then I brought one of his, uh, the Canada Cup 76. It's... Um, let's see here. Yeah, it's just an autograph, yeah. you know. But I've got, I've got so much stuff. I've got a like the uh, authentic wool CCCP jersey. I spent like two hundred bucks. And after a while, you know, when you you work with them for thirteen summers, you're just like, hey, Vladdy, can you sign this? You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like your your friend and your buddy, you know. But yeah. you're like, okay, this isn't gonna last forever. So I would get a bunch of stuff signed, and then I would give it give it away yeah, to people, you know, to people. Yeah. um but uh but yeah so i just brought kind of some of that stuff i thought you guys might get a kick out of it yeah no is that card that you have there is that from the um was actually playing that year it's a collector's yeah this is a collector's uh series i think it's 180 it says 187 out of 1976 yeah. i've got a couple of these i've got this i've got jerseys I've got a stick that I had that he didn't have a stick, so I gave him my stick, and he used it for the camp, and then I had him autograph it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've got a couple jerseys, and I've got a, a couple, like, little plates, like these decorative plates with him on it, and, you know, just fun stuff like that. But after a while, you know, those things kind of yeah. fade away, and you just remember the, the relationship that you yeah. that you had. I mean, I went down to Chicago one time, and – um, when he was co- he was a goalie coach for Chicago Blackhawks for many years, and um, he brought me down where they have where the players come out, mm-hmm. and they've got like a bar area yeah. where they can hang out, and uh, got to do check that out, and um, met one of my the goalies I couldn't stand from Chicago, Murray Bannerman, <laughs> but I loved his mask because yeah, it was it was just the ones, coolest yeah. mask. But I met him. We went to his house, and just I met so many different people over the years that. You know, coaches and players, and you know, it's just been uh, it's been a fun ride, and it's hard to believe I've been coaching for over thirty years now. So, it's like I've got a friend of mine or one of our assistant coaches um, for the Buffalo High School team. His son is coaches Aaron Johnson, his brother Thomas Johnson, 
And then his dad, Bruce Johnson, who is uh, he's in the Minnesota High School Hockey Hall of Fame, coaching Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, it's just fun that, you know, he's been coaching for, I think, close to 30 years. And I've been coaching longer, you know, in a mm -hmm. sense, longer than yeah. him because I started right out of high school. Yeah. And it just makes me kind of feel a little old at times. But <laughs> I just look at it all and I'm like, well, you know, I don't know when I'm, you know, I'm going to stop because my son's got, you know, at least three more years of high school. And, uh, you know, and then after that, I said, I don't see myself, you know, stopping until I don't know if I ever see myself stop coaching, but eventually I will spend a big chunk of winter somewhere warm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the older I get, the less I enjoy the, the winters. The outdoors. And, yeah. yeah, and this. Although I do like to snow kite and kite surf and yeah. paraglide and stuff like that. So it's fun. Yeah, there ain't much going to that on right now. No. <laughs> no. No, I used to go out and go snow kiting when it was below like this because it was a challenge, you mm -hmm. know. And now I'm like... Yeah, those days are done. I don't need to do that. The only thing happening outside right now is hypothermia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no doubt. Yeah, the 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 one story we talked about, you know, um, dealing with referees, this was a crazy one. Um, our college team was playing a team up in North Dakota, and uh, I knew the referee because he owned – uh, Canadian hockey schools that my brother-in-law bought and turned it into international hockey schools. So I wasn't playing that game. So I'd see, you know, I'd see him skate back and forth. And I'm like, Hey, and he's like, Hey, Manny, how's it going? And it was a, a really rough game. I mean, it was getting cheap. And, um, one of their guys, our coach's son was standing right in front of our box, kind of right by the, the, the middle of the ice. And one of their guys came, up to him and just speared him right in the stomach and he dropped and our coach obviously that being his son got livid and uh the coach our coach said something to the ref and the ref said some smart remark back to our coach and that just teed him off and he went out on the ice started screaming at him and then the the next thing I know, our coach is throwing haymakers at the referee. <laughs> he's just, I mean, he's going all out. And we're going, what the hell's happening here? This is crazy. So we end up grabbing him off off the ref, pull him off, and we're like, well, he's done. There's no way he's coaching again. And uh, sure enough, um, he was really good friends with uh, the uh, – WCHA officials and knew them all really well mm -hmm. and never even got a never got a suspension never got anything and we're all thinking well he's gone for the year who's going to be our next coach <laughs> and he never even never even got a nothing he never blinked an eye at that no and he's the like, next I, 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 that next summer I saw I saw the uh, the referee you know in town in Detroit Lakes where we have our camp and I was like, what was that all about? He goes, that was crazy, wasn't it? Because that was absolutely nuts. He went, he just, I never thought he would do it. He goes, I, I made that smart comment back to him. And, and uh, he goes, I didn't think he would, uh, he didn't think he'd do it. Today wasn't his day. Yeah. So that was one of the things that was like, oh my gosh, that's a crazy, one of the craziest things. That and when we played, uh, we played a junior team. Um, it was a junior B team. It was, uh, we always would, we'd play them uh, like a preseason game. And they were Deerwood up in northern Minnesota. It was a junior B team. It was like, well, we'll go up and we'll play them. And every time it was a bench-clearing brawl. 
every time. Every time. And I, you know, as a goalie, I'd kind of just stand there waiting, for, see if the other goalie would come down. He wouldn't come down, and and because they would be barking, it's like, oh, you know, you know, you'll come and you know, you know, you know, you'll come and work for us someday. You know, playing the NHL, it's like you're in, you're playing junior B. <laughs> what are you? It's like no, you can come work for us after we get our degree and get a job. And we'd say junior B wannabes, yeah. and they hated that. And they're like, you're playing junior B up in northern Minnesota. What? Who are you fooling? <laughs> and it ended up always just, a, I mean, it was like the movie Slapshot. There was like yeah. five, six, seven guys just, you know, and usually they, by the end of the game they'd have to call the game and mm. they'd get on their bus and and take off. And I remember the one time when they left, they pulled the, the like in the movie Slapshot where they all mooned us <laughs> as they were leaving. And we were pelting them with snowballs. That's but cool. yeah, it was just it was hilarious. It was a brawl every game. <laughs> <laughs> every game we played him. All right. So yeah. Well, how'd you like it? I thought it was great. I'm glad you guys had me. I was hoping, hopefully, it uh, was somewhat entertaining, and I didn't put anyone to sleep. No, you're oh, good. No. no, that's no. We do that with part one. We put them <laughs> yeah. to sleep, and then they're like, you "Oh, wake the, them up." The guest is on. They're like, "Oh God, what?" <laughs> Well, that's good. No, I had a great time. Thanks for having me. No, we had a great time and like having you and being in the the city here and enjoying the, the hypothermia that we're gonna get. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you get a chance to come up and you can ask Luke because I I pretty sh- I know Luke has been here mm-hmm. and Jason and the Casey they all came up they've all come up for the state tournament because yeah. we used to when they have the hockey expo we uh, we would always have our booth so they we would help run the booth. And yeah, they were like, "This is amazing. This is crazy." So yeah, if you ever get a chance, make the trip up, and you know, yeah. you always got a place to stay at my place. So yeah. <laughs> absolutely, we might have to uh, to take you up on that maybe next year. See what see what we're up to. Maybe grab some more interviews up here. Sure, stuff like that. Yeah, I can look for you. No, yeah, yeah, we're always looking for for new people. <laughs> absolutely, no doubt. All right. Well, we. I'd like to, for the three of us, I'd like to thank you for coming over. And, you know, it's kind of a weird setup. We're just in a hotel. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, we could have been drug dealers. Yeah, I was kind of wondering. I was like, well, this could turn south real quick. But you guys <laughs> turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, pretty cool. we're normal, I guess. I guess from St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> the, the better side. Right. But, right. Uh, yeah, thanks for, you know, coming out and risking hypothermia for us. Yeah, and, thanks for having me. And t- telling your stories and, you know, sharing stuff with us and bringing, you know, your your show and tell stuff like kindergarten. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We we hope you enjoy this interview on the Fanville Hockey Podcast. Make sure you guys don't forget about our Fanville store and our Discord and our Instagram bio. On behalf of Evan, Dakota, Bill, and myself, we're out of here. See you guys next Tuesday. Enjoy your week. You've been listening to the Fanville Hockey Podcast, your one-stop source for everything NHL. You can follow the show on Instagram at Fanville Podcast. If you'd like to rep the Ville, go to shopfanville.myspreadshop.com or hit the link in our Instagram bio.